Hello, everyone. I am your host, Savoy Anthony Jefferson, and I want to welcome you to the Eat, Pray, Thigh podcast, episode 323, entitled Bussy Tales. Yes, Bussy Tales. This week's episode is not only the season finale. I know y'all probably like it's been the longest season ever because it has been, but shout out to the pandemic. Um, This is life. But... The episode is inspired by my favorite singer of all time, Miss Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels. So, of course, Bussy Tales, because we're eat, break that. Like, what do you, th- what do you think? Um, I did not do my AKs, but fuck it. I'm not going to do my AKs this week. <laughs> um, it's just not that important to me. Um, but, yeah, I want to walk you all to episode 323, our season finale for season three. I want to be clear, we're not going away for a long time because we've been gone for a long time. But um, I just, I personally, I'm not going to speak for Amber. I just need to take a moment <laughs> to just be. And I feel much more refreshed. It was not just the podcast, but I just think in general, I needed to kind of be by myself or just not do all my activities, <laughs> all the things that I do on a daily and just kind of focus on myself. So that's what I've been doing. I've turned 35. I just, I feel free and good. And that's my update. But now I want to introduce the beautiful, the also fabulous, the chocolate money herself, Miss Amber. <laughs> Hey. Okay, one, I'm happy that you are feeling good and feeling great. You're you sounding very mature, sounding very like I'm on my grown man shit. I'm feeling yeah. it. I'm feeling yeah. it. Also, can't believe you didn't do your AKs because this is the first time I wrote down my AKAs, y'all. Damn, damn, son. Time. Come on. All right, so let me give it you to y'all. Let me give it to y'all, guys. Okay. Cause Savoy playing, okay? He playing in 2021. He mature. He on his grown man shit. So no more. I don't my hands after you now. All like- right, I see it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl Amber, aka the artist formerly known as Emo Black Girl, aka Amy Depressants, aka Fluoxetina Knowles, aka Where the Money Resides, Shawty. AKA bad bitch in quarantine, AKA creative director of depressed ho aesthetics. Yes. Come on where the money resides. You know, I really, I really like 2021. I was like, I'm going to be prepared this year. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Well, now that you did yours, I'm going to do mine. Okay, (laughs) please. We, we love to hear it. Um, I am Savoy Anthony Jefferson, a.k.a. your number one thigh ally, a.k.a. your head doctors, a.k.a. Bussiana LaBeja, a.k.a. Fat Bitch Bussy, a.k.a. Les Bussur, and that is Bussy in French. Um, <laughs> so please stop. Go, go, please. <laughs> please go. Les Bussur. Les Bussur. Bussy in French. Matter of fact, Amber, write this down because that's gonna be our um that's gonna be our, the E Pray Thought first fragrance. Label <laughs> 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 Come on, it's Bussy Talk, English, Spanish, and French. <laughs> 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 
that is gonna be the e pray thought fragrance. It is gonna be you gonna be on the female bottle, and I'm gonna be on the <laughs> bottle. We're gonna do a non-binary um, version. Yes. So yeah, we gonna yeah. Le Boussins. <laughs> What's the bussy reward points? That's my favorite. <laughs> Collect them all. Collect them all. <laughs> Um, Amber, how are you feeling in 2021? You look good. Let's start there. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, uh, I have really great lighting in this apartment, so that's very nice. Yes. It looks very expensive. Well, you know, you know, I'm trying, you know, the whole couch. couch, got my little, my credenza. You know, you're an adult when you call it credenza instead of just a table, because I would call this table. Come on. Well, I learned it because I didn't even know what a credenza was. I went and bought it someplace and they were like, oh, you want to get a credenza? And I was like, yes. Um, Okay. But um, how am I feeling in 2021? 2021 has been cool i mean it's been crazy and i mean the world's been crazy but then it's like a roller coaster it's like one minute there's an insurrection another minute we have an inauguration with a black woman uh vp so that's kind of cool so it goes you know it goes up and down um and i think that's just kind of how my life has been too it's just like just trying to ride this little roller coaster mm. but um how you doing how you feeling in 2021 I'm good. It's been like a busy 2021. I feel like I've been moving nonstop, but I'm back on the East Coast and um, oh yeah, for a few months before I take my ass to LA. Um, so it's been good just to be back on the East Coast and do East Coast shit. Cause while it was great to be home for the most part, um, <laughs> emphasis for the most part, cause I'm not talking to my father anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll talk about that another day. Uh, he, he's on punishment until his birthday, which is at the end of March. Um, and, and we'll do a... That's a long time. We'll figure out... We'll, we'll figure out if I if I want to talk to him around that time. Um, but anyway, other than that, it was good to be home. It was good to be back on the East Coast. It was good to just spend time with my niece, and my nephew, um, and my sister, and my brother, and just really be with them and kind of just like see us us get to know each other as adults so that was fun um and yeah i just been I, like i say i feel like since i turned 35 it was like i don't know what the universe decided but i think the universe was just like okay you've been we we've been working towards this but now we're really going to put this in like overdrive so i feel like it's been a lot of like lessons and releasing and just kind of letting certain things go and certain ideas about myself go so it's been good i've been very much i'm very much at a place of like peace right now Um, stressful and you know life is life but overall i'm i'm definitely starting yeah yeah Yeah, i'm catching the hang i'm getting the hang of this now like i feel like i'm like i'm like oh Okay. Like, I had my first meeting with my financial advisor th- yesterday. So, like, I'm trying to, like, step my pussy up. Come on. 
financial advisor, okay? Shout okay. out to that. Shout out to having a financial advisor. Look, girl, it was it was weird because finances like, to advise. Like <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but like he was asking me questions, and I was like, I thought I did therapy yesterday, sir. Like I was <laughs> <laughs> like these are very deep questions. Like, but anyway, that's what I've been on. Shout out. <laughs> but more importantly, I would like to just thank Jasmine Sullivan for giving me an album right at the top of 2021 to really just help me center myself for what this year, the possibilities of what can happen this year. Possibilities of this year. It was that album was so beautiful. It was vulnerable. It was sexy. It was life changing. It was smart. It was just it was everything rolled into one. And I just I can't believe Jasmine just gave that to us and was like, I hope you like it. Like, (laughs) girl, you just changed our lives. What? (laughs) And I think. I think for me as a Jasmine fan, I think what has been so exciting about like this particular album campaign is like seeing her become herself, yeah. like really step into like finally like kind of re- I feel like what I w- what I feel like I witnessed was a person who finally understood the power of their gift. Yeah. And was ready to share is ready to share that with people and that that to me is beautiful like that to me is everything um i've ever wanted for her because i I worked with jasmine when i was at rca and for like a few times um a few little things and i remember like the last time one of the last times i saw her i was like you did fucking amazing um and she kind of she's like i don't really think i did that good and i was just like no you did amazing like (laughs) like no you sounded amazing Exactly. It's like, Jasmine, when have you ever sounded bad? Like, even if you did sound bad, you still sound better than 90% of these hoes, both past and present. He has a once in a lifetime voice. You know, like a once in a lifetime voice. But, you know, I think you were saying this before, like sometimes you have to just like step into what it is that you like the greatness that you are and take and just go for it and take it. Cause I mean, it's hard for all of us. Like I think as people, we can see how great Jasmine is obviously, but like until she like really like is like, yes, I'm stepping into this. I can Mm -hmm. fucking write. I can fucking sing. I can fucking produce. I can do it all. And I'm better than all, I'm gonna say all of the R&B girls, like. And look, let's be clear: all the R&B niggas too, except for like yes, all, all of R&B. Because I don't really know. I don't think of the niggas to be honest with you, but they're but, not really doing much right now. They're not. They're not doing it. But not. But they're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like people are showing a lot more love to Jasmine than I've seen in a long time. Like, I feel like we've all been like, Jasmine's the shit, Jasmine's the shit. But we are loud and proud with this Jasmine's the shit, too. So I think that also helps as well. But, you know, I think that just comes with age as you start, you know, feeling yourself a little bit more and realizing, like, all that stupid shit we were telling ourselves, like, we, we can't hold ourselves back no more. 
100%. I think it's very important to, like, I don't know. It's just very important that, like, it's 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 inspiring to see her come into herself and just... Absolutely. Oh, a queen. And an album. An album. If you have not listened to Hotels, I don't know. An album. It's just a motherfucking EP. EP? It's an EP? That's why I was like, she just was like, oh, let me give you this little EP and, like, just hope you guys like it. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. <laughs> like what? What is she going? What is she going to do in an album? She's exactly. going to kill us. She's going to kill us. Like yeah. she's going to. Uh, and my bitch is about to sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. So proud, right? Like nigga, this is a this is a this is the moment that we feel like Jasmine deserves, and I think. Somebody had put on like I think it was Call Me Dollar, like you know y'all Shout keep. Out to them. <laughs> I love Call Me Dollar, but sometimes he be saying shit that I just like, uh. and he was like, you know, y'all keep saying y'all want Jasmine to get the moment that she deserves, but she had a, a, a two sold out tours and blah 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 blah, and I'm like, yes, that is great. But what I'm talking about, these what she's getting right now is what I want her to always get. It's like it's not necessarily getting the white gaze, but just getting what a singer of like to me, her Jasmine. Caliber, yeah, would get. like Jasmine is Jasmine to me is of the Whitney's, the Mariah's, the Patties, yeah. the Weekends. Like vocally, that's where she, where she, where she is to me and therefore i feel like she deserves to get those looks that those girls those women i think she should be like one of the like a like a jennifer hudson in the sense of like anytime somebody needs like a tribute of some sort or jasmine sullivan is the person that we hear singing at the grammys you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i feel like that's the person that's who she needs to be and uh is clive still with us yeah, girl, climbing down. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I feel like that. I feel like he- well, you know, you know how I said I had to say yeah because you know this girl Larry Larry King died to that he, girl. He was ninety. Like, you know, Clive got to be close to that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, okay. So Clive, Jasmine seems like a diva that Clive would like mold you know what i'm saying like that's that's the trajectory that i see jasmine in it's like you know but she's getting there and she will get there like hotels was a classic and i was only an ep like you said and then whatever i mean whatever she comes out with next is gonna be a banger because reality i mean like all of her albums have been bangers exactly not put out a bad album and she won't okay (laughs) so can we just and that's on what? <laughs> that's on what? Mary had a Okay. And that is on Mary. <laughs> All right. So we just go jump into it. Let's let us now that we've now that we've given Jasmine all her flowers, let's jump into introducing our lovely guest. Yes. So we would like to introduce our our beautiful guest. Um, as everyone knows, this is episode 323 um, and it is the season finale. So, um, you know, this is someone very near and dear to my heart. This is someone who I've been in her house, well, her old house, because now she's in L.A. because she's doing bigger things. Um, <laughs> so I've been in her house more than a few times. 
Shout out to my other friend Trey. Um, and yeah, she is an entertainment journalist and co-host of Strong Black Leads and Netflix OK Now Listen podcast. She has written, hosted for the likes of Bustle, Essence, and BuzzFeed Tele Opinions, as well as AM to DM. She has interviewed everyone from Zendaya to Ava DuVernay to Lizzo, and my personal fave, my Scorpio sister Gabrielle Union. Please, Bussy Hive. Please, please welcome with open legs, open hearts, open minds, and spirits, the beautiful, the oh-so-sexy Sylvia Obell. <laughs> hey, uh, what an introduction. I love I love that you're remembering me pre-quarantine when I was sexy because <laughs> in the house still is a, l- a lot less sexier, but I appreciate the intro. Girl, I, you know, I put this nice hoodie on just for you. Um, <laughs> because I had on my everyday hoodie that had like some stains. Um, yeah, some mouthwash stains, <laughs> a little lotion. Um, but yeah. So, I Sylvia, also love that. Sorry, I have to say, I love that Gabrielle Union is your favorite of that list. She yes, is so that's, great. That's I love that she's your favorite. My Scorpion a shade yes. queen. Um, <laughs> a shade queen. Um, so... What would you like? Any small? Are there any little known facts you like the Bussy Hive to know? Anything you just want to get off your chest? You know, tell us something. Um, I mean, I feel like they're gonna learn a lot in this interview, perhaps, because I feel like there were some questions on this list that I can say for a fact I have never been asked before. But, <laughs> but I, I mean, on top of mind, I literally just tweeted about this, so I'll share it here. Um, I saw a screener of Judas and the Black Messiah, the Fred Hampton movie, um, this week, and I literally am blown away at how good it is. Like, I mean good in the sense that, like, when they put, when you, we look up acting, in the dictionary, I want mm. to see that cast picture okay. in the okay. book. That's the kind of acting we're talking about. And I mean, Daniel and Lakeith were their best, which says a lot because they usually are great. But that Dominique Fishback, my good sis <laughs> Dominique Fishback, if they don't give her every single supporting actress nomination and award, give her her things. Give this her things. That's all I have. That's that's what's on top of mind as I entered this um this recording. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to Dominique Fishback. Um, yes, a star. Client, but she's already with another PR firm. Um, <laughs> um, her loss. Um, you Savoy, you are a messy a messy queen. I want to let you know <laughs> that lives for drama. Okay. <laughs> look, I didn't want the world to know. I'm, look, 2021. Uh huh. What? Coming for my things. But anyways, yeah, get them, um, get them. <laughs> so, um, we would like to start with Bussy Bussy Pep Talks, which is one reason. Myself, Amber, and the guests are proud of ourselves for the week or for, I guess, for twenty the beginning of 2021. Um, so because you are our guest, we'll let you start. What is your Bussy Pep Talk for the week? Okay, so I just share. I don't have to give myself a pep talk. I just say what No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just share okay. one reason you're proud of yourself for the week. Okay. I mean, I'm this week, I mean, this, like this week for me, work really revved up for the first time this year. I took a long break. So one, I'm proud of myself for surviving, but also I did my first, I had to do a photo shoot this week for the first time in 
I don't really, you know, I'm not a photo shoot girl. It's not usually a part of my lane of work, but you know, I am proud of myself for learning how to pose enough to get some good shots in those spreads. Cause a model, I am not after I am not, I was looking at my good sisters, not really in real life, but in my head, Tracy Ellis Ross's Instagram page, practicing all her magazine cover shot. Like, wait, okay, what do I do? How do I do it? How do I not look stupid? So I am just very proud of myself for surviving what feels like humiliation to me, which is when it's you that everybody's just looking at as you pose to try to get a good photo. It sounds like, I feel like that's the thing people probably like a lot of people may enjoy but for me it's very torturous so i'm just happy i survived look yes. i would be a little weirded out by that myself and i'm it's like it's, a, it's weird like when you think about photo shoot, it's like it is a lot of work i was exhausted <laughs> by the end of the day i was like you know what we don't get bottles enough just to and they don't eat like i don't know where they get the energy like <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so what are you guys proud about? Me and my good Precious Lee, because um, a queen, okay? I, I Listen, I had her poses in my, I was screenshotting her poses too for my reference lookbook, because Precious know how to sit in the chair as a plus size girl, okay? She will okay. lean, she will give you a lean, honey, extend the thigh, the leg out. I was like, yes, sis, show us, show us the way. <laughs> uh, I think my pussy pep talk so far would be just on a professional level as well as just an overall level. Um, I've been on some like, I'm coming for everything. I want my chip, my dip, and a little bit of hot sauce on the side. So um, I'm really just kind of, like I say, I think I'm finally, I'm allowing, I'm gonna allow the world to fully see my greatness um, and not, kind of run from that so i'm excited from that uh, and i've just been growing a lot i feel like since the last time we, the show we had an episode i think for me there's been a lot of lot of like crazy growth it's been a little crazy like a little painful because growth is painful although people don't talk about that <laughs> um but yeah i'm like i'm in i'm in a the best place i've been in a very very long time so i'm very proud oh. of that even because <laughs> trying to grow a brand girl it's hard but you know that it's hard <laughs> it, it's it, I, i'm proud of you what was the phrase then i used to tell you i gave you a phrase didn't i a slogan i was like use it and you didn't use it for years but I, now i can't remember it what was the slogan and i told you that's okay. pr what is it we man it, it was, was something we specialized in results <laughs> Specializing in results, but then it was something else, and I was like, Oh man, see, that's why you're supposed to write it down when I give you, I gave you that for free, and now you don't even remember it. That listen, look, (laughs) I cannot. All right, Amber. You got many things to be proud of, but what's your pussy pep talk for the week? Ooh, uh, for the week, I am proud of just getting through an emotional roller coaster of a week. Um, my, I had my mom had like some health issues this week, and um, my work was like ramped up. And sometimes for me, it's very hard for me to also like be present in the here and the now when I know things are like not well for like my family. And so like, it was just really 
I, what I think I did really well this week was just like remain present and be like, okay, this is what I have to do right now. And then also still allowing myself to be like sad or still allowing myself to be like, you know, like, oh, I, I'm emotional about this thing. So, and not trying to push it to the side either. So I think that's what I, I feel like I did a really good job of being like present for once and not being like in the past and be like, oh my God, what was me? All this shit happened before. Oh my God, what if this happens next time? You know? So like, I think that was like really, really, really great. So shout out to this week for taking me through it, you know? Um, but also, you know, I, I stayed on the ride, you know what I'm saying? I was like, <laughs> I was holding on. <laughs> you ain't fall off the horse. Yes, I was definitely holding on. So that's what I'm proud of this week. So, and I'm more importantly, we're glad that your mother is feeling better. Thank you. Good, good. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry, because she a queen. She, She I'm a a sister level. I'm a sister level. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're just gonna jump into it. For those of you who may be new to the podcast, we go in order. E pray that. Um, and we're just gonna jump into E. All right, Sylvia, you ready for this? Yes, I am. I think, I hope, I pray. (laughs) (laughs) So, your favorite restaurant or place to eat at North Carolina AT? Cookout. (laughs) Cookout. North Carolina stand up. Y'all know what I mean when I say cookout. I'm not talking about somebody's backyard cookout. I'm talking about the tiny chain restaurant that has kind of expanded into Atlanta. So a few more of y'all Negroes must might know about it now. But when I was in college, it was nowhere else but North Carolina. And when I tell you, it's literally just a restaurant where it's like somebody got a grill in the middle of it. And it used to be that you could see the smoke from like, if you want to know where a cookout was, you could look for the cloud in the sky from the grill. Like it literally was like an interior open. It was some real hood shit, but it was good. And before they they chained out and got franchised, I don't know who their inv- investors are. I thank those people. But cookout used to be the kind of place where it was only a drive-through or a walk-up window. You couldn't even sit inside. There was nowhere to eat inside. It would literally just get your food and go. But no matter what you get, it won't cost you more than $10. I promise you that. You can get chicken fingers, cheddar steak, uh, chicken cheddar burger, light on the onions, any kind of milkshake you can dream of, hush puppies on the side, and it will still be less than $10 to this day. Okay? Love cookout. <laughs> I am dying off of to this day. <laughs> to this day. I'd be going to homecoming and I'd be like, let me get a uh, do my whole order. And they'd be like, ma'am, $7.99. I was like, well, the world keeps changing, but cookout stays the same. And I thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cookout like a good nigga. Um, <laughs> a rare well, I mean, nigga, if you mean stays the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um, by the way, for those of you who don't know, um, Sylvia is a proud alumni of North Carolina A&T. So, as she has wearing the sweatshirt right now, <laughs> I got this sweatpants on too. Come on, come on. <laughs> so I just wanted to be clear on why we asked that question. Aggie uh, pride, Aggie pride, Aggie pride. Come on. <laughs> I was thinking about it's random, but I was on a I, I was on my daily walk, and I was thinking like, if I was to have kids. I would want them to go to North Carolina A&T because 
all the people I know from there are really good people. So I was like, that's I was like, that's the school I want my kids to go to. I'm not having no kids, but if I was, if you were, my imaginary (laughs) children would go there. Uh, That's the HBCU that doesn't get enough love. Like we talk about Howard, we talk about Spelman, we talk about Morehouse, but we, I mean, we talk about North Carolina A&T, but I don't think it gets the love that it deserves. I mean, we are the number one public HBCU in the country and the most um, applied to HBCU in the last couple of years. Like I think A&T definitely has repped up our popularity, mostly through the football team. Our football team beats every HBCU so much so that they kicked us out the division. We are now in a new division because we won the celebration bowl five time champions. They're through with us. They're tired of losing. They're trying to get us out of there. But I, yes, I agree. I mean, I think in the sense of like, I think our generation, like millennials and Gen X above us, like A&T was still like giving its things, even though I think amongst HBCU alum, everybody was at Jiho though. You know what I mean? Like they would be there, but they would all drive down for Jiho, which is our homecoming. But I do think the Gen Z kids, I'm not even sure when it became the thing, but when I found out that like more people were now like the biggest, like we have the most students and the most applied because that used to be FAMU's title. I was happy to hear it. But yes, I agree. More love to A&T always. But the real ones, no. The streets, no. (laughs) The streets are talking. The streets, no. We produce good folk. Okay. (laughs) All right. Finish this statement. Because of quarantine, I have become an expert at cooking. Oh, um, I become an expert at cooking. What's something new I learned how to cook that I didn't know how to do before quarantine? Oh, you know what it is? It's not like a dish, but it's an aspect of a dish that I've gotten better at, which is like sauces. Like, I feel like I, I, I learned how to do a lot more. Like I will do like a fig sauce, you know, like using jam, making jam sauce that you can pour on like chicken or like on like, um, whatever kind of meat or you're into for those of us who are still not vegan. Um, I love being able to like a little apricot, like an apricot sauce, so basically like taking good fruit jams and turning them into a sauce for dinner. Mm-hmm. I really mastered that during the first lockdown. And it's a, it's a skill I thank myself for, because sometimes you need a little extra pizzazz, especially if you keep eating the same thing every day, you just need to add something to it to spice it up. Like a, a good sauce. That's not gravy. And so I was happy to learn some of a lemon butter sauce, perhaps like, you know, like all of those things. I think I really just mastered being better at like coming up with those on the fly based on what's in my fridge. Okay. Okay. I I only have, I only can pour hot sauce um, on something. (laughs) You're doing better than I. What's you are one? silly. I'm just being, <laughs> that's what I. That's what I. I can. That's the sauce that I can take out of the refrigerator. Um, <laughs> what's one thing you ate so much as a kid that you no longer can stand the sight of? Ooh, okay. So not being able to stand the sight of is strong, but one thing I do like. Usually, if there's another option I pick otherwise, and people are usually surprised about this, is rice. I'm tired of rice. I am an, you know, I'm first gen. My parents are Kenyan. Most African kids know. 
the rice is everywhere. And, you know, the jollofs, we, you know, the West love the jollofs. Those are great, too. We don't really do jollof in the East. I'm just talking about being tired of white rice. I like a fried rice. I like a rice with some flavor. But anytime, I, I just, I'm always surprised when people get excited about rice. Like, when people have rice at Thanksgiving or, like, as a side of the restaurant, I'm always like, and you're choosing rice when there's, like, all these other things that you can have? I'm, and I think maybe it's just because we had rice with everything whatever dinner was rice was the side dish it was a meat and rice <laughs> i was tired i was tired I'm tired <laughs> okay look living your truth living your truth i just had some basil fried rice um, <laughs> it was amazing shout out shout out to rice rice and tea um in alexandria boom boom okay. <laughs> All right, so this is a question that um, this is a question that I'm gonna have you answer, but I'm also gonna have Amber answer because th these are questions that I think about for people who stand Beyonce. Um, if you could only cook one meal for Beyonce, what meal would you prepare? And which five? If you only have five friends or family members, would you invite? Are you gonna, Amber, do you want Amber answer first? Amber answer first, not answer after Amber. All right, I'm gonna let you have that since you the guest. Um, so, <laughs> um, what? Okay, so we got. So I have a dinner party with Beyonce, and I can invite people. All right, I ain't cooking. Okay, this is that's number one. I'm not cooking anything unless unless. So this is what I would. I would have this. I would have gumbo of some sort. Like I would want to give her mobile gumbo because I do know that she's from Houston. So she does know like the New Orleans style, but I'm gonna give her some mobile gumbo because that's what, that's how my family was raised. That's how I was raised. We're about to give her some gumbo yes. from my side. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else. I mean, like I want something bougie, you know, like I want like, a, I don't know. I want people serving us. Um, so she can, she can, can she pay for it? That's, that's, those are my <laughs> questions. But, what, assume there's no budget. Oh, assume there's no budget. <laughs> um, so I would like, I would like gumbo. I'm not ever put her hair back. Like, she, she, she leaned in, she leaned in and was like, well, in that case, well, in that case, if we have no budget, <laughs> come on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um no i would have yeah i would have definitely have um mobile style gumbo for an appetizer um i think we would still do something probably like southern but like but like but like we would have like real like down home like somebody's auntie's gotta make this and maybe my mama make it and my my cousins make it because i i'm not all the way there on the the cooking, I don't have, you know, I don't, I ain't there yet. You know what I'm saying? It's going to come, but I'm not there yet. But we're going to have it like in a very like nice place. Like just, I just really want it to be very nice. And then the five people I would invite, honestly, um, this is really sad. I wouldn't invite my mom because my mom's a hater of Beyonce. That is like her worst quality. Um, and, uh, but I would invite, I would invite my brother, I would invite who five people. Ooh, oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I know it's pressure, right? That's why I was like, damn, I got, I need a little I time to tell people. Right, okay, five people, because it's like, this is going to be fun. Go. Um, wait, so my brother, we got four <laughs> more. The stress. <laughs> I would do, okay, and I will do some of my college friends. So then I would do, wait, but it's only four. 
You ain't got four more sis. <laughs> I'm so t- all right, we'll just do. It's a very stressful question. We'll do, all right, we'll Janae do. We'll do. We'll do Janae. We'll do Dion. Wait, that's three. I would yeah. have to really talk to Jason to really sit with him and sit down with him and really like be like, "Are you okay? Like, is everything good?" Before we, I have to screen one of my friends first. Um, before. <laughs> um. Oh, I would do MD. I would have the MD come. Um, okay. Then you'll be cool too. So that'll be my five. Those would be okay. my five. Um, okay. But yeah, like a really good Southern style dinner, but definitely gumbo will be one of the focal points. And we will have some rice. I'm sorry, Sylvia, but okay. But these are friends. Can I invite <laughs> anybody? Yeah, they were family or friends. Oh, family and friends. family or like, friends. Yes. Okay. Like, so for people, to, not fictional, but you know, celebs too. I don't really like them. <laughs> They'll meet her, but like it's like some because in my thought process, I was like, all right, well, some of my friends could probably meet her on their own accord. So do I need to bring them into this dinner, or should I look out for my friends who likely will never get a chance to meet Beyonce unless I invite them to this here dinner? That was where I was split with. So for me, you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Cause like, I'm like, initially, you know, like there's the friends of mine that y'all know, like Jack, like Jasmine Lawson. I feel like Jasmine would literally murder me in my home if I didn't invite her to this dinner. But I also don't know if Jasmine would know how to act at this dinner, but also double back down. She's worked on Beyonce homecoming campaign. She's the only person Beyonce done retweeted that don't work for her. I'm like, sis, you ha- your chances are pretty good. Do you need me to be? Like, I probably need you to be Beyonce more the other way around. And again, but I feel like I said, like to Amber's point, sometimes you wonder if your friends know how to act because, and I'll tell this story because it's a good one. Jasmine, when when everything is love dropped, I happen to be with Jasmine and Kevin. Do you know Kevin um, Suckley? Uh, he's a publicist at uh, Netflix. Oh yeah, yeah, I met him. I was I was with Kevin and Jasmine because I was actually doing a Netflix panel at ABFF in Miami. So we were at Soho Beach House in Miami. Everything is love dropped. We were, and literally, Jasmine lost her entire mind like i know that like i get excited like i'm a beyonce fan that's why this question is here i get excited right like i'm like yes let's do excited like we were going to like Issa ray was having like one of her little wine and thing parties like you know like when she like interviews people with wine or whatever we were Mm -hmm. supposed to go to that after we had plans for the day jasmine was like drop the fuck everything the chips and guac that's on the way cancel it we're going back to the hotel so i can listen to this album in peace alone i need to listen to it and i'm like the album is gonna be there when we get back and she's like no i need to listen to it a thousand times before it goes down she's like do you have title do you have title i happen to have title so we were i was trying to play for her on the beach the waves are too loud. Somebody mute the ocean. Oh my God. Like she's having to break down. Mind you, like I said, we're at Soho House. We are surrounded by white people. This girl is screaming. And then she starts looking around at the white people like, cause when we're packing up to go, cause she's very adamant. And we're like, we gotta get out of here. She was like, how come y'all are acting like nothing's happened? Beyonce just dropped an album and y'all sitting here like everything is normal. 
like she's saying this to the white people and i'm like oh my god then she sees a group of black girls walking on the beach she runs to them and is like i know y'all know right i know y'all know right and they're like yes sis we're going to listen to it too and she's like my people and i'm like this bitch is crazy like i'm a beyonce fan but clearly there are levels to this shit and i don't know if she can if she just did it off the album can she sit through a dinner i don't think so so that was my long way of saying jasmine's probably not invited um, <laughs> screening process and screening process sorry i had to, i was getting a call but the person who just was face trying to facetime me scotty I would probably have to invite her because she would probably also beat me up if I did not. And she could win, probably win that fight. So I wouldn't want to start it. Um, I have my, my sister and my mother are in there because my mother is on the right side of history. No shade to yours. I, she couldn't like, we, it would have been a big problem. Like, I'm just glad that that's not a, that's not a cross I've had to bear. Um, I really, you're it's in my prayers. Hard, you're it? in my prayers. Like, I really don't know what I would do. Cause usually I just cut people off. like, you don't gotta like Beyonce, but you should respect her. If you can't respect her, I'm judging you. Right. So like, if I was to put in that position of my own mother, Mom, exactly. Ooh, you, you I can't it. even you feel the pain. That's, you feel the pain. That's hard. That's, that's painful for sure. And I would, so I would invite the, and my college friend, CJ, who was also a very big Beyonce fan. We went to our first Beyonce concert together. We both couldn't afford to see Beyonce till the Mrs. Carter world tour. Um, and it was a moment. And I think I'm at, so that's who Scotty, my sister, my mom, uh, my friend, CJ. Ah, hmm. I think it's probably going to be another friend, like a college friend who's a good big fan, but I can't think of right now. But I would keep it to women and I would try to keep it to, I mean, minus Diani, because Scotty could probably meet Beyonce too at her own accord. I really feel that way. So, you know, we'll see. But yeah, it would be a group of, it would be, a, I would try to keep it to some of my high school and college friends. Oh, my friend Brielle, maybe my friend Brielle from high school. Like she would know how to act. She's a very big Jay fan and Beyonce fan. It would be cute. Um, yes. And what we would have since Beyonce wanted to be all black as king and all up and through Africa, we would have a good Kenyan dinner. We would Come show on. her what the East, we would have what the, we would show her what the East is talking about. Okay. Cause the East got something to say. We got something okay. to say with our chapati. Oh, East got something to say. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> hey, we love it. All right. All right, so we're done with we're done with eat. We're gonna jump into pray. We start praying the same way every single motherfucking time. What is your passion? That's such a big question because I have so many passions. So <laughs> I will I will name like a passion, and I feel like a, a passion of mine is definitely. If you have more than one, you can name. Well, we don't, we don't have that much time. We don't have that much time on okay, our, okay. To, for me to name all of my passions. And they grow and they evolve. Because I will say, like, for me, one of the biggest lessons for me was more so, like, thinking, going from thinking I could only have one dream and one passion to free myself to allow myself to realize that I could have many. That hmm. who, who made the rules that I have to stick to one thing. And I think once I freed myself, I'm a very type A personality from that. It really allowed me to just explore more things. Um, because when I had to, when I stepped away from writing 
to do like more on camera personality hosting things. I even had to talk myself into being like, am I betraying my craft as a writer journal, you know, print journalist to do this? Like just the ideas of multiple avenues is different. But I think the core passion that fuels a lot of my jobs, goals, whatever is my passion for black women and for us being represented and seeing ourselves and telling our own stories versus like continuing having other people create our narratives for us, um, creating narratives for ourselves and um, providing black joy and representation for black women in particular is who I do it for. I always say at every job I've had, whether it was Buzz, even for me, Essence, obviously, but even at BuzzFeed, I would say I write for Black women first, everybody else second. And I think I do that in all my lanes. So that's my passion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you kind of touched on this. But, um, did you always see yourself as an entertainment journalist? And how has your vision of your career changed even once, be- like really kind of becoming, going, becoming an on air personality? So the question is, how did my vision change? Is what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did and did you see yourself like? Did you uh, did you actually see yourself? Oh like, yeah. So I was always yeah. I was always like you know I I knew I wanted to be a journalist before I went to college. Like I knew that going into college at least. I think okay. in high school is kind of when I decided I wanted to be a journalist. I always knew I wanted to write and like in some form. I think when you're in school, you kind of just think, what are the classes or subjects that come easy to me? And then for me, it was always English. Like I was in AP English. I was always like good writing classes. Like even when I was like, my mom always tells a story about when I was in the third grade and we got assigned to write like a little short story. And I wrote a whole 30 page book and like ask for extra time so I can add in the extra chapters because I was very passionate about the work, the writing that was being done. And that's what I was like, I think a little girl's supposed to be a writer. So like, I always don't want to be a writer, but I felt like books were very long. I was also very in the media and magazines, like most girls growing up. So I always knew like going into college, I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to go work at Essence Magazine. That was the goal. So um, that part, yes. I never, ever, ever thought I would be on camera. I never, ever went and wanted to be a host of anything, really, before I, you know, like that wasn't, I, th- I never took a broadcast journalism class ever. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, an, you know, there's a lot of girls who like, it was kind of one of the others. Because I was kind of in college when digital media was just starting to sprout out. That's why I went to grad school because I was like, my bachelor's degree was in print journalism. And then all of a sudden everything was combining together. And I was like, I need to learn these other skills. Like, you know, like how to record and produce and like do other things. So like, let me go do that too, because only knowing how to write report via writing is no longer enough. So like, I always, so yeah, I did not know. It really wasn't until I was at Buzzfeed where like they record videos all the time and like you will get grabbed to just be or tapped to ask to be in different on-camera things because they need a black person in it or whatever other reason, you know? And then people would be like, you know, you're kind of good at this. Like, do you know, like you're, do you realize that you're good on camera? And I'm like, ah, no, not for me. No, thanks. I was tired of people being like, don't you, so you want to be Oprah every time I said I wanted to be a journalist. I was like, mad respect for Oprah, but I'm not trying to, that's not what I wanted to do. So all of my aunties and my mom's friends are like, what I tell you, 
told you you was going to be like Oprah, didn't I? So here you are hosting things. So what's your point? You know, like they're very make, making me eat my words about saying I never wanted to be on camera, but I, that kind of just came with the territory. And I think I just developed my love for it. Like once I did it, like I didn't know I would like it until I was pushed to do it, but I very much had to be pushed. Like um, shout out to like the black women in leadership at BuzzFeed who like, were like, we want you to host this show. And like, what do you think about developing us with this? Like, you know, like we think you would be good. And me being like, I don't know, I don't want to do it. Like people, I think people would be surprised to hear that. But I really used to like throw up before I would go on camera for like the first couple, like the first month of like anything with AM to DM or Hella Opinions. I was like that anxious about it. So like, it's um it but then it's like I, I enjoyed doing it and I realized a lot of the reasons why I had stayed away from it was more about fear than about like my lack of not liking it I think when you're a writer people can only judge your words when you put yourself out there you are now putting your whole self out there for judgment your looks your body your personality you know how you talk everything and in the age of the internet that's a lot you kind of lose your anonymity people can know my name but not know who i am i can go about my life and not have to worry about people coming up to me asking specs like oh my god you know or like whatever else you know like i didn't know if i really wanted all of that so but that's like but for me i really enjoy just being able to represent and have fun and be joyful and like show these other versions of like and have these conversations that i think matter in that format so I'm with it. But yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. I knew I wanted to be a journalist, but I did not know I would ever turn into like hosting things and like commentary or, you know, media personalities, like all those stuff barely existed when we were growing up. So it wasn't in my mind at all. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, um, I know that you're really close with your mom and your sister. You brought the them up how has not being able to see them affect you during these times and in what ways have you ladies been able to maintain your bond without being present and with each other physically yeah you know i mean it's definitely like this was definitely the first time i was not home for christmas i that was weird you know for my every and i, and I it's funny because we're talking to my friends i didn't realize how many of my friends would be like oh i've been mr christmas at home <laughs> like oh like am I the only one who went 30 years never missing Christmas at home like you know especially in journalism a lot of people who work in newsrooms they sometimes have to work over the holidays so like I I part of it part of my way of getting through it was trying to consider myself blessed to have even made it through 30 Christmases without missing one but then also we we like spent the we we spent the day on zoom together like we spent that's how we kind of did Christmas we um we opened our gifts via Zoom. Like my mom, like shipped my stuff. You know, like my like they shipped their gifts to me. I shipped my gifts to them, and we kind of just opened them on Zoom. And then we watched, we synchronized, watched Christmas movies all day. So it was like literally, we would like, okay, what movie are we gonna watch? We would hit play at the same time and let it go. You know, kind of a thing. And we did that the whole day. We just watched Christmas movies. We like, you know, and it was like we kind of just left the. We left like, you know, we just kind of left it up. We kind of still went about our day. Like my mom was cooking dinner there. Like I would make my own stuff and we would come back. But it just felt like we were in the house with each other because we. it was like, I was like, she was like, it was like you were on the couch the whole time, just in the laptop. So <laughs> like that's kind of what we did for Christmas. And that was nice. And I think it also helped. I am. I feel blessed that I did get to see them um, twice this year. I mean, last year, because when I moved 
when I left Brooklyn, my, my family's in New Jersey. They're very close. So like my mom literally came and picked me up from my apartment. Like I shipped my things, but she drove to Brooklyn safely in a car. You know, um, I, I had literally, and Savoy can attest to this, not left my apartment the entire time. Of course, <laughs> so there was no chance I had COVID. Me and Trey weren't even letting people into the house, okay? So literally, we, I, you know, I knew I was negative, but, you know, when they got tested and, like, they came and picked me up, and I stayed with them for two weeks before I flew to L.A. That was kind of like what I, I did that. So I'm very happy that we got a chance to spend that time together. Um, but this is the longest we, you know, only seeing them twice in one year is very weird. And I like even my birthday is coming up. My mom and my sister at the 4040 Club with me and my friends turning up. That's where they were for 30. So like I have that kind of relationship where like it's going to be weird to not be with them in that sense, too. But, you know, I'm just thankful that we're all here. And that's what means most to me is that we are surviving this pandemic. Cause I like, I kind of, the way I put it to my mom is like, I would rather miss one Christmas or what, one set of things with you than miss all of them because we, because something happened because we couldn't miss one. And that's kind of the, the um, grounding point that we stick to when we get sad about it. And that's a motherfucking word. Okay. <laughs> motherfucking word. Um, um you're not the only one who doesn't miss christmas i missed one other christmas besides this year and it shook me to my core so like i i totally understand you christmas is such a big holiday but it's it's better when i mean you guys have other ways to like spend time together be with each other like it sucks not having that physical uh presence but you guys are you guys are still together, so that's good. Mm-hmm. The next question is: In twenty twenty, you turned thirty as well as moved to LA during a damn panty. Um, I've been calling them panties um, instead of a <laughs> pandemic. Of course you have. Of course you have. Actually, I've been calling it a dirty panty. Um, <laughs> the imagery, the imagery. <laughs> I really. I can't stand you for that. Like, how are you going to, how are you going to, wow, I'm never going to be able to unthink this. Thank you. Yes, yes, it's a dirty panty. Um, So what effect, what effect did this have on you and how, and what have you learned? What effect did the dirt, did the pandemic have on you? Turning thirty as well as moving to. LA. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anything, anything you said. Anything you said before dirty panty. Really, I forgot immediately. So I needed to hear the question again because, like, the way you have scarred me with that imagery is just—I don't even know how to begin to count the ways. I really don't. Um. <laughs> so turning thirty in the pandemic, how has it changed me? As well as moving to LA, like that. Yeah, gets... moving to LA. I think, like for me, or what has what have you learned from it? Really, what have what you have learned? I learned from it? I think, uh, I mean, I've learned that. I think it. Con- I think it affirmed a lot of things for me. I, 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 um, but let me start with what what I learned. Like what is it, what it did for me? I think the pandemic took away my sense of. And the, like I turned 30, the world shut down for people who don't know me personally. Like I, I turned 30 in February 
And then in March, New York, like literally a month, I think March 7th, my birthday is February 6th. March 7th is the, I remember, I remember the date to my court was the last time I went anywhere in New York City. I was in the house after that. I started early. I told my job like a week before they shut down, I'm not coming in. Like I thought, I was like, I was like, wait, no. So for me, it took away my sense of control and planning. Like I'm a planner. I like to, I have, I have multiple, I have plan A, B, C. I have step one, two, three. Like I have all of these things. Like I know I'm doing them, what I'm doing after that and what I'm doing after that. It totally wiped clean whatever plans I had for my first couple of years as a 30 year old, you know what I mean? I think like when you enter a new decade, especially a, I was very looking forward to like the confidence and the zero fucks given that come with 30. Like I definitely felt that almost immediately. I felt like almost, I feel, I felt it as I was coming into turning 30. Like I was like, wow, like I really care a lot less like every day like i feel it's like that rose and beauty and the beast with each petal falling like each petal is a fuck that i do no longer give and by the time i had turned 30 the rose was it was there were no more petals on it but um it the, the experience really taught me that i can you know what i will say like this i, I feel like it taught me i can really do anything i i can be the change i need like i can be the um the what's the word not the but I kind of feel like I, I changed the situation for myself versus waiting for a job or a company to do it for me, if that makes sense. Like being put in this situation where, you know, we had to launch a podcast in this pandemic during that. And it was it, the pandemic really had an interesting time in my life because I was already trying to figure out and stalling on the fact that like, OK, my time at BuzzFeed is coming to an end. I feel like in my heart, I have this podcast that I know can like keep me comfortable. Like if I leave my job and maybe it's really time for me to pursue being a full-time freelance creative and just working for myself and having these companies be my clients versus me being the full-time employee for any of them. Because you realize early on in the game, they're like, that's where the money is. When you're working full-time, they can control your salary. They, you know, like there's a lot more other things that are involved there versus like rates and things. But anyway, I feel, I think that, um, the pandemic kind of pushed me into like, it kind of pushed me off the cliff. It was like, do it. You know what I mean? And instead of like falling, I kind of just flew. This is where I was like, okay, I got to think fast. Like, let me just do all the things. Like, I feel like in the, in the face of fear, I could have just huddled down. I could have mm. doubled down and just stayed in Brooklyn, stayed in that room and just like tried to, you know, like just try to keep my life together, even though it had been blown up. And instead I was like, okay, instead of trying to, hold on to the light that's clearly being blown up. Let me use the pieces to create a better one. You know what I mean? For myself. And that included like taking the leap and moving to LA to like, you know, go to pursue the opportunities that were here for me that I had kind of been putting off and like, you know, leaving, you know, like allowing myself to be like, okay, yes, we're going to do this podcast and we're going to have faith that's going to be great enough to continue on past this. And we're going to, you know, volunteer, you know, because that's what I did. I volunteered as tribute for furlough at BuzzFeed because you don't really want to work here no more anyway. So you might as well let these people who really do want to work here keep their jobs if you can. You know what I mean? I was like, please pick me. Pick me. Please pick me. I was like, I volunteered tribute for that ass. I was like, I really just was going to leave anyway. So thank you for the severance package. But <laughs> I think like all of those things, like I, I, as I sit here, like I had a moment where I was like, okay, I'm a, I had, cause I, I, 
and I think this probably sums it up the best. I had a moment as I'm about to turn 31 where I was like, I want 30, a do-over. The second I turned 30, the world shut down. I didn't get to do anything. And then I thought to myself, I am in a completely, literally completely different place than I was when I turned 30. When I turned 30, I was working full-time at BuzzFeed. I was living in Brooklyn. You know, I was, um, I had a roommate. I, I like, you know, I was just doing, like, I just wasn't trying, whatever. I'm 31. I live in my, like, a, a kind of apartment I've always wanted to live in my entire life. Like, I have the floor to ceiling windows. I have my balcony. I have the warm weather. I have, like, complete career freedom. You know what I mean? With of my schedule. I don't, <laughs> I don't have to answer to anybody. You know what I mean? When Christmas break came, and I was like, dang, how long do I want to take off for the holidays? Huh? Don't go to ask a white person this year you know what i mean to approve any time off you know what i mean it was Got just out. like there's a i was like there's a freedom where i'm like girl don't you see i launched a podcast that was successful you know what i mean i'm like how did i I was like, I, you know, I survived. I didn't only survive, but I thrived. I wrote like, I got my first print cover story with Essence on Zendaya. Not just anybody, but Zendaya right after she won the Emmy. Like, I was like, I've actually managed to do a lot this year, despite the fact that I did it all from the house. <laughs> and I felt powerful. Like, to me, so what I said all this to say, like, it showed me how powerful I am in the sense that, like, I... Um, resilient and powerful and I can create things for myself when I take that jump like instead of waiting for people to give it to me or hand it to me or whatever everything I got this year I took for myself and I am thankful for, like I I love me for that like I was like I love that for me I was like yes we did that Wow. So, yeah, that was like, I feel inspired now. I, was like, I hope that makes sense. I really had to think about it because some of these questions, like I said, I, it feels like therapy. I'm like, well, I don't know, Savoy. Let me let me think about that. <laughs> what have I? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's That's weird. That's what we ever aim to do with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. That's a go- huh. But no, yeah, I, yeah. It really, it just showed me the trust in myself and that like, I can be okay. Cause like when, sometimes your fear is like when the worst thing can happen, like what do you, how will you be act? And we all kind of have the answer to that now. Like all of us do, you know what I mean? Like all of our worlds got blown up and we're still here. And I'm not even saying that in the sense of like the people who passed from COVID because they had no choice over that. And that is, it's, I can't even begin to talk about how furious I am about how many people died that didn't have to die this last year. But I say that to say for those of us who are blessed enough to still be here, we we still survived in the sense of like mentally, emotionally, like physically, like what we had to go through to even just like that that statement, like if all you did this year was survive, you did a lot. You know what I mean? So like I think everybody should pat themselves on the back because anybody who is still operating under all of this, after all of this, is a is a strong person. And I think we all, you know, everybody listening should take that into account as well, because our accomplishments don't have to look the same, but because all of our biggest accomplishment is the same, everything else is secondary. So, yeah. Thank you for that word. Amen. (laughs) I am filled with the spirit. All right. So we're going to jump into that. Um, (laughs) 
Dive into thought, child. That's Let me pray. You got to jump into. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So, <laughs> the episode is Bussy Tales after Jasmine Sullivan's Old Tales. In, in the spirit of that, if you are interviewed on Jasmine Sullivan's Hotels, what would be the Sylvia Sylvia's tale? Because you know how like Hotels has the energy. Oh yeah, no, I listen to Hotels every day. <laughs> so don't you worry, I listen to the album every day. Okay, I, I I be I live for it. I love it. Egg, you know I'm from Trenton, which is right outside of Philadelphia. So we love us some Jasmine. That is our queen. I'm very happy. It's very shit. You know I wish it was a bit more longer, but I'm very happy with what she gave. I won't complain. I um even though I get mad because the only thing I can sit on, only thing I can sit on right now is my damn couch. But <laughs> Ari and Jasmine really attacked me with that song. I was like, wow, love this for me as I can only sit on my couch right now. But thanks. Um, mm. If I was to have a tale, you mean like but, but the clarification I was going to ask is, do you mean which of the tales do I relate to the most or if I no, was to create no, one myself? Yeah, you, you create your own Sylvia tale. What would like what would you say? I think my tale would be more about how I wish I had been more of a hoe mm. when I had the chance. <laughs> you know what I mean? When outside was open, especially because they had Asian, the lie that outside wasn't going nowhere that we were all told <laughs> that we will never tell our kids. Like, no, outside might could go somewhere. So you better have fun while you can. This is what I'll be telling my kids. But I wish I was a hoe when I had the chance. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was, you know, I'm a... I was a serial monogamous is how I put it until I was about 25. Like I had two very long, well, one, like I had two serious relationships, one from when I was 16 to when I was 21, like my high school sweetheart, like literally when I went to A&T the next year, my sophomore year, he moved to Greensboro to be down there with me. Um, mm. But we didn't stay like, but we didn't last the whole time. I mean, we, you know, anyway, you know, like it was, a, <laughs> you know, but we were together for on and off for like, so that's four or five, yeah, like five years. And then I, we broke up when I was 21. When I was 22, I was with somebody from 22 to 25. So at 25, I found myself single in New York City. And I was like, wow, I've never really tried dating. But also I like in like an, as an adult, like as a grown woman who wasn't like in college or whatever, like, oh, this is like dating. But I also was heartbroken. So I had a lot and I hadn't been used to being alone. So a lot of that time got filled up with that kind of stuff. Right. Before you even get to the point where you've healed enough to have fun to be a hoe. But I think we grew up in a lot of places where. I mean, for us, like the negative connotation was there. You know, you're told respectability politics. You know, I grew up in the church. I, you know, I love God. And I, you know, and so, you know, there's those conflicts that come with that, you know? So I think that um, my interlude would kind of be about how I spent a lot of time, uh, how, yeah, how I wish I would have been more sexually selfish in my Mm twenties than I was. It would be something like that. But I, it's like I, like a girl like me, I know that song has gotten a lot of conversation, but I really felt that song. And because also like, you know, uh, I feel like they were talking about hoe in a positive sense. Like, you're going to turn me into a hoe. Like, I'm going to go have fun if you keep playing with me kind of a thing. But like, you know, as the kind of girl who didn't really feel liberated or 
confident enough to behave that way, even as I saw my friends having fun in college and stuff like that. I really relate to that song because like, I'm like, no, that was me. Like I was just a good girl who didn't even know how to be a bad one when she wanted to, you know? And that's the thing. So yeah, something like that. And it's funny because when that, as a, like, as a gay man, um, I related a lot to a girl like me because I think what I took from the song was like this idea of like society tells you be good. Like, you know, like, and I think for me as a black gay man, it was like, I felt like, oh, I'm going to be different, quote unquote, quote unquote, different being younger. Like, I'm not going to be promiscuous. I'm not going to have a bunch of sex. I'm not going to meet guys on Jack and all that. Like for years, I think that was like my mind, my, my, my mind state, like, oh, I'm going to be good. And therefore I'm going to get the You're great right. guy. Yes. Yes, like, like that, was, that was gonna be our prize. That was gonna be yeah. our prize for being good. Exactly. Like we were gonna get the husband or like that of our dreams, and we were gonna be worthy to each other because he was gonna be a good guy too, and it was gonna be great. And we we're gonna, gonna go have good, good kids. And it's like, oh, bitch, what? Like, no. um, what? And there was like a clubhouse room and where they were talking about hotels, and they were saying like some girls were like. You know, they were talking about how you were taught, like, if you behaved properly, you would win. And then they were like, so when you see girls who were hoes, straight hoes in college with their happy families now, you're like, damn, sis, had I known you could have done both. Like, I would have been up in the streets with you. But for me, it was even not even just that, but also just having the... um the confidence to be that way. Like, I remember going out to the club and stuff with my friends in college and, like, seeing them on the floor, walking to the room, you know, like go after the men they liked. I didn't even, ha- it wasn't even, and I loved watching it and I loved empowering them to do so. But when, you know, when in the part of the song where they were some, said something about like, like, you know, the kind of girl I am, we don't win because we can't do that. Like we can't get ourselves to be that confident to go after those kind of things. Like mm-hmm. that's the part I really related to where it's like, no hope for a girl like me. But when I'm thinking about a girl like me, I mean the kind of girl who isn't able able to like see a man across the room and be like, I want him, I'm gonna go get him. You know what I mean? I was having that conversation with mm-hmm. my, 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 my home girls from college the other day. I was like, I feel like I missed the class or y'all, like when everybody learned how to do that, like I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, was it, was it in Gibbs? Like, you know, like some of our buildings in college, I was like, where was it at? And how come ain't nobody tell me to be there or enroll? But yeah, I feel that I do. So, I get yeah, it. My interview would have been like a bitch committed to men, uh, to two men, I gave him half all my like all my adolescence and my early twenties for nothing to show for it with nothing to show for it, um, but it's all good because I'm happy with my life and that's what matters. But I do think that that's um, the thing for me. And you know, the older I get, also the more I realize like I'm glad I didn't get married in my twenties. Truly, truly, because I do feel like I would have missed out on a lot of time to be selfish, which is what I'm enjoying now. Like I'm trying to make all the decisions that I can make, you know, laterally while I can before I gotta hear somebody else's opinion and take it to account. <laughs> like when you do things like pick up and move from Brooklyn to LA because you decide it's time. If you have a man, you gotta consult with him about that shit. If he's your husband, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I think about stuff like that, I'm like, there are a lot of decisions that I probably wouldn't have been able to make for myself had I been married. And those are the moments where I understand God's plan. Like when people were quarantined with their kids for a year, I was like, God, I see why you ain't give me none yet because you know I would have lost my mind. You know them kids would have been dead. So <laughs> I see that you are wiser than me and I will no longer question your ways. <laughs> made me realize that why i didn't have kids yet i said it could not be me oh my god (laughs) (laughs) amber what would be your what would be amber's tale oh that's a good one um damn uh i was not prepared to answer this question um but sylvia i do relate definitely to having more sex in your 20s like um or just when you're younger and just like not allowing uh society dictate how you should act or be as a young woman um i think as a young black woman we are told like we we're called fast at age eight as soon as we get breasts or something so like you know and i got breasts always, early and it's like too. the shaming we all we all developed early not all of us but most of us developed early and we were called hosts just for our bodies and so um i think that is something that is definitely i I definitely relate to i think if i had i relate to what ari said about the dick i because when she was talking about how that dick was just fucking her up there, remember, remember, my uh, favorite interlude. It's my favorite one. My favorite one because it's the realest. One. It's, it's not the realest one, but it's like it's a real one because like we all felt that moment where like the dick really just took us somewhere. Like I remember. Summer, remember Summer Bay? I used to think that that man's dick was speaking patois to me. Like I could hear the every team. I'm about diary, to close my laptop. Teens. I'm about to close my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> like the patois. She did not say that dick was speaking patois to her. Oh. She, did not, she did not say say that on this here podcast. But you know what? Okay, y'all know that TikTok trend where they all talk about how they got played and then their friends. Yes. I, I literally wait. Is that a trend? I just saw the video for the first time today. Yes. Literally on. I didn't know that it was multiple. I thought they were the first ones that did it. No, it's a trend because I, I'm sorry, Sylvia. I'm on TikTok so much. I'm like a fucking. I'm not there on the. I have enough social media addictions. I cannot put TikTok on my phone. But I love that. I love that. I love. I laughed so hard at. That that with the one I posted on my Twitter today because it was hilarious because I can feel it I feel that and I love I love that trend so much like I feel like if I would say something it would be like um uh I never have romantic relationships but my longest romantic relationship is a sexual one <laughs> and it's been for 10 years oh. <laughs> there you go let's do it for her yay <laughs> I love that. No, but like that, the, the digmatizing is a real thing. It's a real it's condition. So real. And when Ari said, like, if y'all were the Google, if y'all found know who it was, you'd be like, Ari, do you know what Google who says? Who y'all think it is? And she was like, I also know what that dick said. That, that, that is like what every friend should say to the advice when you be telling your friend to leave that man behind. You're like, don't you see what he said? Do you not see what he said to you? I do. But I also know what that dick said to me. And it's, it's two different 
two different lines of communication. You know what, Sylvia? One thing I will say, this is, okay, this is something different that I will hold back because I know Savoy talks about this too and he's like being, we. it was like the poo bitch thing and like, you don't want to be that or whatever. And it's basically like being digmatized over a dude or, you know, which you don't want to do. But I do think that there is vulnerability in just like put, like just being so vulnerable where you just like, allow your life to have experiences whether it be like you fucked with a dude that didn't want you or like you actually like I don't know I don't know I don't know what the the thing is but I really think that there is some vulnerabilities to that and I feel like I never allowed myself to make mistakes in relationships so I just like avoided them altogether so I feel like it's it's important to like Put yourself out about, there. Yeah, like, about like allowing yourself to make bad decisions. Yeah, I feel like I didn't allow. My, I feel like that goes hand in hand with me saying I wish I had more sex. I didn't. Yes. I wish I would have made more bad decisions, and I still have time. So, but I would have made more bad. But bad that's the, but it is especially when you're just a. I was, the, I'm, 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 it's really annoying. I was that good girl. Like I was straight A classes, honor roll. I graduated with a 3.8, you know, eight GPA from college. Like I was not playing with people. You understand? But, you know, I was going to church. I was telling friends to come with me. Like, you know, I had my boyfriend that was consistent with him. Like it was me really behaving the perfect person all the time. And I just wish I would have shed myself freed myself of that much sooner so amber i completely get what you're saying when you say that and to your earlier question i have no clue who that man is but my if i had to throw a wild guess out there maybe it's future that's what i was thinking i was like what is it future? <laughs> oh. i thought it was too i don't know who else got that kind of celebrity dick that i could google and be like all right now what is to judge her but you know but he also might be somebody else like i feel like that's just the obvious choice but i know that there's Better dick in Hollywood than just Future. It gotta be. So it could be somebody else. Apparently, no. If Future is the greatest dick out there, I just think that, like, I feel like I don't think I don't even think that he is. It's just the fact that she said if 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 y'all Google, you would be like, have you seen what Google says? That's the line that made me be like, so whoever it is is somebody who we would know who has a bad rep for something. I just don't know what the bad 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 rep is about. I was also thinking Guap Dad 4000 for some. I used to see them together a lot. Who is that? You know that? He's like this little young old. Bay Area rapper. He talks about scamming all the time. Like, I feel like um, it, might be somebody, it might be somebody with a little or a baby in their stage name. Could be any of those. Because <laughs> perhaps, I don't know. I will say that. Huh? Having been around, having like seen Guap Dad in person, he has good dick energy. I think oh. that's who I was thinking. That's who I was. I, I like the idea of good dick energy. Like that big dick energy ain't the only kind. That there's also yeah, good dick yeah. energy. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Come on. Moral of the story, y'all: have more sex and have more experiences. Period. So, so I know it's Savoy, hard right now, but try. <laughs> Savoy, is that what you're? So, are you saying our interludes would also all be the same? Essentially, like we're all just saying we wish um, we had more. No, I think my interlude would be. Ooh, wow, what would my? I think my interlude would be demand yours. Like, I think. So much of my sexual experiences were. 
over here cheering silently because yeah, I'm right, thinking. And I think, and I think that plays back into the idea of being good. But I think so much of my sexual experience has been about pleasing the other person, and I've never focused <laughs> on pleasing me. <laughs> like I've never like I was always the the the, the second thought. And I've always, I think now, like, I'm literally like, I'm literally like telling dudes, either you're going to give me an anal orgasm or you're going to wife me. Like, there's no other options. If you're not providing one of the two, I really don't see why we're talking. Like, I don't I'm gonna need them. I'm going to need them to provide. I'm going to need them to provide both. Like, I would I, like both I, I, one you, I will not allow you to be wifed by somebody who was not giving yeah, you. Yeah, why you wifing somebody that they ain't giving you no anal oil? No, I'm not saying that they got it. I'm not saying that I don't want the them commitment to get- is not enough. <laughs> the commitment is not enough. They also need to commit to giving you that orgasm. That's what they need to commit to as well. <laughs> I want to know their intention to give me one or the other, regardless. Yes. No, but that's a good point, man. Cause a lot, especially for women, because Lord knows we've all faked a few in our day. And or like, you know, maybe made a nigga feel like it was a little bit better than it was. Mm. Me and Scotty were talking about that on the podcast the other day. Cause she was, I mean, not the other day, but last year, she had said something along the lines of like, please stop lying to these niggas because then I'ma have to be the bad guy and tell them that they're bad. And I'll be that. I'll be the villain, but I'm tired of y'all lying to them because there's a lot. We all know we've all come to across a man where you have to ask yourself, how has none of the other women you slept with told you that this is not it? Like, how, have none of them told you? Like, they just all made you feel like you was doing something with this just now. Shout out to uh, my Leo son because it's always about me. Okay, like, <laughs> Amber's like can't relate, can't, can't relate. relate. <laughs> I think, and I don't even think it's it's not even always about lying. I just think that I I definitely feel like there's times where I'm like, how come I have not had an orgasm every single time I've had sex? I should be able to say that. You know what I mean? Like that it was made to make happen one way or another. If you couldn't make it happen one way, you could try. There's multiple avenues to make it happen, but it can happen. And, you know, but I I also don't want to discredit a lot of young women and a lot of young men, too, who like especially when you're having sex with men, men are scary when they're rejected when their ego is bruised. And so sometimes, you know, telling them that they're not good in bed isn't. Oh, I get why it's scary for sure. And I wouldn't even necessarily suggest saying it in there. Maybe send a text later. (laughs) (laughs) When it's safe. Somewhere, you know, wait, wait for him to get home and tell him over the phone that, you know, I never Everybody. thought you. I, I could tell by the way you had a little pep in your step when you left that you thought you did something last night. I'm here to tell you that you did not. <laughs> the lie detector came back. That is false. <laughs> but since you brought it up of orgasm, what age did you have your first orgasm? For first orgasm, and if you could compare it to anything, what would it be? This is and this is the question that I was nervous about because I was like, Lord, because here's the thing. It's a big difference to ask. And I didn't think about it until I saw this question to ask when you first had sex and when you first had your orgasm. And I think people are thinking this is gonna go opposite than it is. But for me, I for me, the first time I had my first orgasm is the first time I masturbated. And I feel like we talk a lot about like 
young boys masturbating, but not young girls a lot. Mm. You know, like it's like a it's a line in storylines and a lot of TV shows, you know, like where they joke. Remember like my wife and kids when Junior just wouldn't stop doing it everywhere. Like, but mm. we never see that kind of storyline for girls. Right. But I remember I, you know, my mom used to she used to. And to her credit, because she grew up in the place where in the time where like her she, sex talks weren't really a thing that parents were giving before your wedding day. But she wanted to make sure I was informed about things. So my mom's kind of way of getting around this, which I suggest to people, to the fellow prudes and whatever of the world are um, she would get she would buy books that would tell me what she felt like she couldn't verbally have a conversation about so i would have tons of books about my body sex you know what i mean she would read them first to make sure that they were accurate but you know that's how she would have she'd like read this i want you to read these books blah blah blah. one of those books talked about how it's completely natural to masturbate and there should be no shame in that and i was like masturbate what's that like, <laughs> was like what's that that's curious i don't know and then the book i just found out like so you mean to tell me if i put and i and then what's so my over curious ass tried it out and i was like what it was like finding out and to, when you talk about what to describe so i guess i would say i was middle school sometime in middle school i can't tell you the exact time but i know it was definitely like maybe sixth seventh grade um that i played with myself for the first time and realized i liked it and i was like oh and I, I wouldn't say like I continue to do it all, but I think like there was just that moment of like, because it almost felt like, you know, when something feels so good, it feels wrong. Like I kind of mm. felt like, oh no, I could, I could not do that again. Let's not do that for a while, child. We will never get anything done. Like that's what I would compare it to. Mm. Like something that is like so good, it feels wrong. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, oh, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know that existed. But it's also kind of like, it's weird because you have your body your whole life. And there's like, a, so there's a whole time of, of your life where you don't realize that you're, there's a part of your body that can bring you pleasure. And then suddenly one day you find out and you're kind of just like, has, has, does everybody else know this? Like, it kind of, that's how I kind of felt. Like, it was like, I learned a secret and I was wondering how many other people knew this secret and how come nobody told me the secret, but also how many people I'm not, I remember just looking at people everywhere I went being like, I wonder if this person knows, I wonder if this person knows, like, do all these people know? And we're all just like, you know what I mean? Like that was really what it felt like for me. Like, I was just very much like, what is this secret? And I, and it's just, yeah, it was just like, what is the secret? How come nobody told me that my body could do this sooner? Like kind of a thing, even though like, as I get older, I understand you like, you get older and you're like, I understand why you don't tell kids. But like <laughs> in the moment I was just like, wow. Did you mm. talk to anybody? Like, did you have, like, did you, did you have like a friend like later that you were like, okay. I actually feel like, I actually feel like I, it's so funny when you think about that, like I've never, when I saw that question, it was the first time I thought about the first time I ever did that. And I thought to myself, I feel like I've never talked to anybody about that time in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I remember it feeling like a dirty secret. Like, you know, like sometimes as a kid, you know, something is wrong, but you don't know why you feel like it's something you should keep to yourself. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I feel like that's why I didn't. I mean, I may, there's a small chance that I may have told my best friend. I have to ask her, but she probably won't remember either. Cause I have like one of my best friends have been my best friend since the fifth grade. So if I would have told anybody, it probably would have been her. 
but I, I feel like I didn't start speaking about, we didn't start talking about those kind of things until it became about boys doing it for us and not like mm-hmm. us doing it for ourselves. And this question really made me wonder about that. Like, I remember my friends talking to me, my close friends talking to me about their first sexual experiences, but none of us, I never remember us all having a conversation about the first time we experienced it ourselves, you mm. know, like, and whether that was before a boy showed you that about yourself or after, you know, definitely mm. makes me think about it more. Then that's, that's so, yeah. Mm. Good point. Um, so I guess, so, so, <laughs> um, wow. That was, the, <laughs> You good? <laughs> so boys, like, I gotta I think about no, that. I, I guess I never. It's so different for women. Oh, than yeah, people. and that's why I think it's like they always talk about little boys jacking off everywhere, all over that, you know, and like wet dreams. You no, know, like they talk about that for boys, and like, oh, we gotta go wash the sheet, you know, like or oh, him and these magazines, but they never talk about how for women, like girls, why is our our sexual discovery any different? You know, right. like we, it's just very yeah. like how many girls are just keeping it a secret. Mm. Yeah, big mouth a lot, even though it is a weird show, but like it does talk about you said what show? Big mouth. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's an amazing show, but it 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 does get weird at times. It's It's very weird. It's very weird, (laughs) but it does talk about you know uh, young women masturbating. But I do think that's also very like I haven't seen any black girls talking about how much they masturbated at like. 10 or 11. You know what I'm saying? I've never heard mm-hmm. that before. So that's nice. Not at all. Um, I didn't even masturbate until uh, I went to college. I didn't even like really know what that was until I got like a vibrator and then I was like, oh shit, this is lit. Um, I didn't get it. See, I got I didn't get vibrated too much later in the game. Like at Essence, I think the sex editor was like, you've never had a vibrator before? Yeah. Oh, let's fix that. <laughs> I just did. I didn't know. I thought I thought it was something that boys did to me, you know. So. Yeah, that's it's it's really interesting. And I don't I'm, I'm not trying to be the face of that campaign. But when I thought about it, because even now I'm like, I mean, thank God my mom. I know my mom will listen to this one. If I talk about this on my podcast, I might have to talk, have a phone call with her. But it wasn't even like it was, I think my thing is I was just that smart kid who was always researching and looking into everything. And that includes finding out sometimes things about your body. And I think I kind of figured it out. But what I'm more curious about is why I tucked it away and didn't tap back into it again until later. Because no one was talking about it. But I also don't think that you were just like the only one doing it. Yeah, me I think I'm more of an anomaly than than you were. Yeah. Mm. Like, I think... Yeah, it made me think about that. At least all my friends have all said, yeah, I used to masturbate when I was like 12. And I was like, damn, I didn't know people did that. I feel like... I feel like as a boy, I started at 14. I still feel like that's super late. Like, for boys, I don't know why. I feel like all my friends started, like, at 11, 12. And I was like, I didn't know how to do it until... I learned how to masturbate from the Soul Food TV show. (laughs) I love that TV show. Yeah. I literally (laughs) learned how to masturbate from that show because Rachman Dunbar character was doing in the shower and his son Ahmad saw him do it in the shower. I remember the exact episode. And my ass went and got some motherfucking the shampoo from the shower. 
I remember it. Not shampoo. Not shampoo. I use shampoo. That can't can't be good. That can't be good for the skin. That cannot be good for the skin. (laughs) All I know is, Sylvia, like you said, when it happened, to this to this day, I have never had an orgasm that felt that way. Cause Come that on, orgasm right. felt like that orgasm felt like that orgasm felt like it spoke life. It spoke heaven. <laughs> like that You better call Ari. <laughs> that's the Ari orgasm was my very first one because it was like, oh my God, I did not know something could feel this amazing. It's like you mean to tell me about my body because this this whole time, whole time and, I like, know, and I know what like it literally felt like damn like this is a gift from God uh, from, from God um I know it's 2021 and you know the pandemic is the pandemic um but what are your three top your top three sex or dating goals for 2021 or post pandemic Lord, I mean, one thing I'm really trying to work on is being being bold enough to to express interest first. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm not old fashioned in a lot of ways, but one way that I am old fashioned, and it's and it's truly not because it's what we were told should be done. It's just very much my preference is to be approached by a man versus me having to approach him. To, because to me, I find it. A, sexy, the confidence, but then also as somebody who has a very strong personality, it shows me that like you're somebody who was equally that way. You know what I mean? Like that, because a lot of my, like I feel like fears for like women like me are sometimes like we don't want a kind of guy that we could walk all over or you know what I mean? Or like, you know, kind of just like put a whip on, you know, put a ball and chain on him and he'll do whatever you want. You know what I mean? I want somebody who is a, who goes after what they want the way I do. And the only way usually men can show that to me is if they say, like, if you see me and you like me, shoot your shot. And so like all of like with both of my exes, with all my exes, they all were men who did not hesitate to approach me when it was a time. Right. But once I started to date more often, I learned that that's not the norm, but because Mm -hmm. that had been my experience, and my two long relationships, I kind of thought that that's how it should go. So I feel like I wasted a lot of time not being bold enough to be like, I'm feeling you when I'm feeling somebody or like asking a guy out. I've never, like, I never had asked a guy out on a date before in my life. I'm a third, I'm about to be 31 years old. The fuck is that? So like, you know, I want so like my, but I can't do it currently because LA is closed. But, you know, to say like, definitely on my goal is to like ask a guy out on a date. Um, I, de- and like, and to also not be, you know, be afraid to that if I'm feeling somebody tell them that, because I do think I have a lot of, I feel like I'm a very friendly person. I have a lot of guy friends, but I feel like, um, because I'm bad at flipping it over from friendship to like expressing that, I think that's why a lot of the this past crushes may have turned out to not be anything because they never knew I was interested. So I just want to be better at like showing or finding subtle ways to express my interest. Cause that's not something I'm good at. So that's definitely one of them. Um, and the third would be, 
I had it when I was talking about the other one and now I'm forgetting. It's something along, uh, what is it? What is it? I said, ask on dates. I said, tell a guy I like I'm into him when I am. Um, damn, I lost it. I'm sad. I had, I was like, now I'm just trying to think in general what would I want to do dating wise. Um, maybe give dating apps a chance. I don't like them. I don't really, I'm not on them. I haven't, I haven't had, like I had Tinder for like a, like back in 2015, like when it first started and it was like, everybody on there just wanted to have sex. And I was like, oh, whoa, my bad. I I was looking for dates. Let me get off and delete. I didn't like them. And then I, um, I literally downloaded Hinge two weeks before the pandemic hit and then everything shut down. So I was like, maybe. so I've really never done the dating apps or online dating at all. And usually that's because the way it's set up doesn't tend to work for me. Like I'm the kind of girl where like, I want to, like, it takes an initial spark in person for me to care enough to message you back and forth. So what the way online apps are set up, you got to message strangers back and forth before you meet up. And usually what happens to me when I had Tinder was that I would have a bunch of niggas in my inbox mad that I wasn't responding to their messages. But I'm like, I don't even like you yet. Like, I can't, I'm busy and I don't even like you. And it's hard for me to take the time out of my day to respond to people when I just feel like they're strangers. Like I've always been, and I hear Aquarius is we value friendship, love kind of a thing. I'm very much somebody who like, usually if it takes a friendship or liking, like seeing somebody as a friend first before I can feel safe enough to, to take it to the next place with them. So I'm trying to be better about the hop from stranger to, to possible lover. <laughs> come on, come on, the hop. <laughs> love the the long possible. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So do you feel like, do you feel like at the point in your life now, like, do you feel like being known a more recognizable face has made your dating life easier or worse or just different? Um, I mean, it definitely brings a level of complication, more so complication from the sense of it's another thing you have to uh, wean out, like intentions wise. We already have a lot of things that we have, like as women, to to make sure a man has good intentions or pure intentions when he's like, you know, shooting his shot with you. It could be like, is he just trying to get in the panties? Can he be honest about that? It could be things like where it's like, you know, is he really single? Is he not lying? Is he just trying to like whatever? Now I have the added layer of is he trying to use me to get further in his career? Is he trying to use me to go to cool events? Is he trying to use me to meet my blue check friends? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, like those kind of things. I think that's just an extra level of thinking I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, with people I date because you, I have experienced men where I realized like, oh, you're really, you like to just come to the cool stuff, but you don't really like to put in the work of like, which is why I tend not to really bring men around. So what you get to that, anybody who I dated and like, I don't really be bringing them to events. Like niggas don't know who they are because usually they don't like to my, to, to, to my sad correctness, they don't last. They're not there for long. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to be introducing you to people only for me to have to explain why you're no longer around. And I feel like I learned that lesson. And sometimes it's reaffirmed a few couple of times, or maybe it's like chill. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like, uh, do you, like if somebody wants to hang out and I'm like, I, I have to go to this 
screening, but you can come to me with that if you want to, just so we can spend time together. But like, I usually, I try to make a, I try to wait a while before it gets to that step or introducing people mm-hmm. because I do have to be, it complicates it that way. It also complicates it because sometimes men, when they slide into your DMs, you have to decipher it. Is he sliding my DMs because he wants to network or because he wants to get some work? <laughs> so like that's a that's a debate I didn't have to ask myself before I people felt like I was in a position to help mm. them in some way. And most of the time I'm not. Like, sir, I can't get your mixtape played anywhere. I don't know what you want from me. Like I don't know what I don't <sighs> might get your song played on the radio station. That's Beyonce. That's not me. Like I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Come on. I I briefly <laughs> went on a few dates with a stylist and um, quickly realized we were not a match. Um, with a who? A, a, a stylist. Oh, a stylist. Um, a stylist. Gotcha. And I think that's the, that is probably the only, that is the only industry dating experience I've ever had. And I quickly realized I was, it was not for me. Um, yeah. Because, but it goes deeper. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because you don't respond to my texts during BET Awards, night of me wanting some dick, but then the next day you see me at the award show and I got my all access badge and you ask me if you can use that real quick, we got a problem. Oh, hell no. Oh, absolutely not. Like you did not respond to my night before. Um, you better moisturize your hands while you tell me the story. My night before dick request, but you see me with my all access pass on the next day, and you're asking if you could borrow it. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Yeah, I blocked immediately afterwards. As he should have. As he should have. But I think for me, like, I think for me, whatever that's, it's not even like dating industry people, because I don't really like to do that either. But it's that regular people who maybe i hate to call them regular people but what i mean is like people who are not in the industry who have no hopes of being in the industry but just like the allure of it or just like to experience it even that is a thing right so it's like the guy may not be a stylist a record exec a, a journalist or anything like that he just may be an accountant but who's never been to a premiere where his favorite celebrities are and just wants to experience that so like to me it's like even like it's harder than even just weaning out like what they do and that's the thing that can get complicated is like you just yeah but i hear you because industry dating is that's a whole nother it's the, it's the trailer park like I would <laughs> yeah nah i'm good i'm good <laughs> Um, like, I, like part of me would love to be a power couple but then the other part of me is like ah you know what i mean that's the only time where i think about it I'm just like oh i would love to be part of a power couple you know what i mean i see like little creative power couples and i'm like i fucks with that heavy i could go ahead and start your own production company if you wanted you know but then it's like comes with it slow you know what you know what i'm shady and i'm so glad i caught myself because the example i was going to use was a fucked up one and i'm gonna move forward <laughs> Because that doesn't always... It doesn't. It often doesn't work out either. That's why I I did not name any power couples, but sometimes it does. Sometimes it does, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right, we're just going to move right into very confession. These are rapid-fire questions. You know how this goes, Sylvia. 
um, because you you've done the podcast before, but you didn't it didn't air. <laughs> you said it, not me. What kind of bird are you? Pigeon, dove, eagle, flamingo, ostrich, penguin, or peacock? Ooh. I want to say dove because I love doves and I feel like they're peaceful. And my favorite vine is like this dove. (laughs) You know the one where he was like, the pastor was like, it was he was at a funeral and he was like, like this dove. We throw him the rest and the fly away, like at a funeral. But the, but he had crushed the dove, and so the dove had died. So when he threw it, it just dropped to the ground, and the whole crowd said, "Ooh!" <laughs> it's, like, it's like one of my favorite vines of all time. It's so funny. Like if y'all can look at that, please do. It's hilarious. And then the beat, I love mine. They would take the audio and use it when people would fall on other videos. But anyway. I want to say that because it's peaceful and what it stands for. And I think they're pretty. But I also like a peacock because they're so colorful. I love their tails. I don't know. One of those. Yeah, you you, you more peacock than dove to me. I know. A peacock is what I would like to be, but a peacock is who I I mean, a dove is who I would like to be, but a peacock is who I really am. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your stripper name and what would be your go-to song? Like, what would be your song that people knew it was your time like they knew you were oh coming to. like 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 miss mercedes crooked letter crooked letter yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what would be your stripper name and what would be your go-to song oh my stripper name would be sunset because it's a really good reason why this it's because my and this is because something some little boy said to me once now i was really upset and i can never forget it my middle name, I can I have a, a Luo middle name, which is like the Kenyan tribe that my family is from. It's called it's a Tiano. And it's based on in, in Luo culture, your middle name is based on or you the name it's based on what time of day you were born. So I remember okay. I was talking to a boy once and I was explaining this to him. I had to be like in high school and I was explaining this to him and he was like Oh, so like, like, so, so Atiana was what time of day? I was like, it's like when the sun sets. He was like, oh, so I should call you sunset. And I was like, no, you shouldn't. You should not. But ever since then, and I said it like because it sounded like a stripper name. Don't call me that. And ever since then, I was like, that would be my stripper name. It would be sunset because that's technically, I guess, the time of day that my middle name means it. <laughs> so that's what it would be. I'm good. And then um, my song, was, mm, it would it would be something from my college days because those were the good twerk song days. Um, mm, mm, I think. Mm, mm, mm. Sorry, I'm like, who is this on this? I'm trying to think. What is the one where? Thing. Okay, let me think. What's the song? There's a fantastic song that I love. Perfectly for your, your stripper name. Oddly you enough. said there's a. You said there's a what song? Fantasia song. I know that. Is, I know that that makes. <laughs> you said. Is it a? You said Fantasia? Is she twerking? It's like a. Up, it's like a mid tempo song on the second album. That's when she went a little more up tempo, and it's called Sunshine, and it's like. Make you turn the sunshine, make you rain money. Like, like you never had it like this. I bet you want some of this sunshine. Okay, that sounds good. 
you know, like, like I do like I do love a slow R and B nasty song. Like you know, like when I guess the one where the stripper come out slow to it, you know, versus like a twerk song that does fit my personality a bit more, you know, than like a throw that ass in the circle or something like that. So. Oh, oh, the song I was thinking of was like that. I used to love that uh, ass so fat, need a lap dance. <laughs> what was that song? Y'all remember that song? What was it? Who wrote? I'm about to Google. Look, look. <laughs> this is how old we done got. Ass so fat. We got I need a lap dance. I forget who sings it, but that was a big one in college. But I also feel like I like slow songs like, you know, uh Dance for You, you know, on like you know, partition. You know, we love a Beyonce sex song as well. So I don't know. Oh, it's Tiger Lap Dance. It was Tiger? Yeah. Never mind. I don't want that one then. <laughs> I, I, there's also a French Montana song coming yeah, up. French Montana. Yeah. It's oh, going that's good. the that's the one I was thinking about. Thank y'all about to say, I don't feel like Tiger sang that song that I was dancing to back then. I was before Tiger. I'm a little older. <laughs> I don't know. Some with some with Gucci or you know, uh, Soldier Boy. Those, those were who were making the, the trap songs when I was in college. Uh Okay, now, ladies, yeah, <laughs> you know you bad. If you're top mm-hmm. not bitch, let me hear you holler. <laughs> Bend it over, hey, touch the toes, hey. Those are songs, uh, you know, and my name is Susie and Gucci think I love them. Those are songs that was in the club when I was, you know, coming. coming. <laughs> not these, these were the songs when I was up and coming <laughs> in the club. <laughs> Come on, Sylvia. Check it out. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right. Would you rather have Sierra's prayer or Lori Harvey's playbook? I would rather have the vaccine. (laughs) That was my favorite response to that tweet. When that was somebody tweeted that and somebody quote tweeted it, I would rather have the vaccine. That's what I would rather have so I can go outside and activate the prayers in the playbook <laughs> that the sisters had. <laughs> but if I had to pick Sierra's prayer at this point in my life, if I was in my 20s, I would ask for Lori's playbook for sure. But I'm tired of playing. I've played, I'm tapped out. I, I just want my Russell. I, I want my Russell. Lori's Lori's playbook will get you your futures and all you know your Michael I mean but you know how I feel about Lori she got you know Mar it's really Marjorie's playbook let's be clear that, that Lori is reading from <laughs> she had the bastard teacher right in front of her the whole time but I and I believe in Lori like I feel like there's a big plan that she has and really right now what she's doing is vetting candidates I don't feel like Michael B Jordan is actually rich enough for the life Lori is trying to have He's actually probably one of her, if you were to rank her boyfriends money-wise, he wouldn't even be at the top of the list. I feel as though. So I, you know, an actor is an actor is cute, but a tycoon, a tycoon is where I feel like Lori needs to end up. Like Lori Harvey is used to Steve Harvey money. And Steve Harvey well, makes a lot more money than Michael B. Jordan. Well, this is the thing. It's so weird. Michael because- is fine. Look at that. <laughs> he's very, very fine. Not investments. Like he's he been in a promising career. He does. Part. 
But it's based on see when it's based on Hollywood loving you in cancel culture era. It's how how it's risky. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. You know. Yeah. I just feel like versus like a businessman. Also, I just googled it, I, and this is just going off of Google. But Michael B's network twenty five million. Future's network forty million. So right there, I'm saying I know Michael ain't the richest nigga she ever done been with, but <laughs> he's definitely the fondest. So I understand that. I do understand that. And I know he's been, <laughs> I, I just found out he invested in some app recently. Um, How much is okay. the network? They say on Google. 45. The real relationship is starting to give PR for me. I think it's both. Um, I, think, I think that you can, yes. I mean, I think, it, well, here's the thing. I think in the sense of, I think you can look to your left and your right and realize if I'm already with this person, like if I'm with this person and I and it can make me get more press at yeah. the same time, let's work it for both. I think yeah. that's a lot of Hollywood things. I also, the thing that I find interesting about this for Michael's perspective is that he's never claimed anybody publicly for a long right. time. Like he's never really been the publicity stunt celebrity. That's not really his thing. And like when I look at his career, and I'm just kind of like, how come he hasn't claimed any woman sooner? It's an interesting thing. And I have my theory answers that I won't say on air. Okay, but got it. <laughs> I will at least give him the fact that he has never done that before. That's the only thing I can give him is that like he's never tried to publicity stunt me with a personal life situation. Because I really think the more I think about it, I don't know much about Michael B. Jordan personally. Mm-hmm. I know his work. He's one of the last millennial celebrities who don't what they have to tell us his entire life you know what i mean like i feel like all his other peers are on instagram feel like they have to put all their business out there and he's kind of just like i think it's because he came in a different era he was a teen star before social media but i get what you mean it does like i do get like that the but i just can't tell if it feels so my say is to say i can't tell if it feels pre to me because I'm just not used to seeing Michael B. Jordan behave this way. And that's what's weird. Or, you know, or he's not used to behaving this way, like for public. So he's acting awkward because he's never shown that side of himself before. Yeah. Or if it is indeed a PR stunt because he does have a movie coming out. So there's that. Either way, Lori. Either way, either way, either way, Lori wins because she keeps getting these Negroes to claim her publicly, one after the other, and they never claim anybody else. Ever. I know every, I know every white and the few black girls that Michael B had had before this were like, what "Wow, nigga, fuck? you ain't, you ain't never claim me." And, and, and I also love that literally Lori's last Lori's last birthday, Future posted her in the pool in a tropical vacation. A whole year later, just one single Terry year later, she was on the snow slopes with Michael B. Jordan posting her on his Instagram. I love that the I said, sis, I see you a tropical vacation with Future, a you know a winter vacation with Michael. I see what you're doing here with the narrative, and I I'm not upset. I'm not upset. But if it's mm-hmm. a PR stunt, I'm still not upset. Because it's not like I'm invested in them being together forever. I'm just more so impressed that she was able to get these men that keep claiming her, knowing damn well the other ones just did a mere few months ago. Like, and then rinse and repeat. 
But that's just men in general. They always want what the other person because they always want what what, what somebody else is. Someone Very else. True. But they also they the make the about, Go ahead. But the Hollywood the Hollywood thing about it is though that like men really I feel like they make celebrity women feel like you only get one of us. After that, you are and you can fuck we'll all fuck you, but we're not gonna shit like be open about the fact that we're doing that, if that makes sense. Like I can't name another black girl that her age that like multiple men are not because what the thing is like men don't want to look dumb you know what i mean like they don't want to be out here being like oh she's playing me because any man that posts lori it's not looking like oh wow he got lori too that's never what we say what we're saying is damn she got him too she got him too and men don't like feeling like the suburban one you know what i mean i think that's why Mm -hmm. i'm impressed because I do feel like men are like, oh, you had, you were futures girl. So you're always futures girl. I ain't going white futures shit. Why I look like, you know what I mean? Or Meek was just talking about you in the song. That's like that slut. That's the slut shaming that the industry does always. Like, you know what I mean? They make you feel like you can't. Poor Sierra. All she did was have a baby with future that married Russell Wilson. And we saw what the future hive did to her. Do you see them doing that to Lori at all? No. no. That's why it's different. And then even like with the Diddy and his son thing, like, and all the people, like, it's just like, we usually, they're like, oh, you were Diddy's chick? Like, Cassie had to go find some white boy that nobody ever saw before. You see what I'm saying? Like, you don't really get to, you don't usually get to hop like this. You usually get your one multimillionaire black man celebrity, and then you got to go somewhere else, you know, because they're like, you're that, you're stamped, you're whatever. So I love that Lori has freed herself of that stereotype. Like, she got these niggas over here looking dumb. I like it. Amber Amber walked so Lori could fly. And... See, but Amber was doing it with like, never mind. Yeah, I mean, they... The caliber is different. (laughs) The caliber is definitely different. It is different. And also, also, Amber and Amber... And Amber looks like Amber, and that's our point. Lori's a black girl doing this. We white women and not and women of color do this all the time. Cause is Amber black? She's Kate Birdie, yeah. She says she black. Yeah, she Kate Birdie. She's what? Kate Birdie. Kate Birdie, and she can be from I don't know. She could be like a South African. She says she black. Yeah. What does Kate Birdie? I mean, maybe she's the light chicks. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So maybe she's black, but I mean to say that like Amber is passing. Like Amber could pass. She's a black girl, kind of girl who could pass. And my point is, is that usually it's women who look like Amber who are that light. And if Amber throw on a blonde wig, I bet you you wouldn't tell her apart from many of the Playboy Mansion bunnies. You know what I mean? Like literally to say, and that's not to. I love Amber and all she does for that, like the slut shame, the slut walk, and all of that stuff. I'm just saying that Amber looks like the kind of woman that black men go to after they become an NBA player when they leave their black girlfriend behind. You know what I mean? Like literally with what we saw Kanye do when he left his black fiance behind and then went to Amber before he went to Kim. You know what I mean? Like literally, it's just that they usually look like that. And not to say that Lori is dark skinned cause she's not, Yeah. but she is definitely black, but I don't have to look at Lori and be like, is she black? Like we wouldn't she's have that conversation ambiguous. about Lori. She's not racially ambiguous. That's the term I'm looking for. Hmm. So anyway, okay. no, make, look, y'all make valid points. Okay. So, um, you are featured on episode Maury. What's the show topic for today? Is he the baby's father? I slept with my best friend's boyfriend. 
unruly teenager or I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. Say the options one more time. Is he the baby's father? I slept with my friend's boyfriend, unruly teenager, or I scammed my ex out of thousands of dollars. Is it that I have an unruly teenager or I am the unruly teenager? You are the unruly teenager. I am none of these things, Savoy. I am not. These are bird confessions. Bird, get into the mindset of a bird. I can't. I'm a peacock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here like, what are my options? I don't, I'm not scamming nobody out of their money. I mean, I'm always gonna know who the baby of my father is. What I look like, I just told y'all I wish that was more of a hoe. I can't, that's not me. And um, like I I'm not, I just told y'all I was a good teenager, so I can't uh, clearly that's not me either. You know, I scamming. mean, I feel like the only Scammy men out of money. I feel like that's the only one that's an option for me, like realistically. But like it's the only like it's like out of uh, elimination, process of elimination. That's the only option for me. Is it something I'm gonna do? No. But but like your bird self, like if you imagine yourself as a bird, as a woman who would partake in any of these that's the that's the bird who i would imagine has the most fun that's the one that looks the most fun to me I perhaps do. in that sense like the other birds is just stressful it just sounds stressful I know. why are you t- <laughs> like not knowing your baby's father sounds hard you, you know, know what i know final what city of love and hip-hop would you rather be on miami new york atlanta or hollywood Hollywood, where I exactly where I'm at. Because let me tell you why. Atlanta, those bit they're crazy. They are crazy in Atlanta. It's the best city, but they're the craziest. And I do not have the time for any of that. New York, they will fight you in New York. And that is the thing. Y'all saw Cardi and Hennessy run up on everybody at that reunion. I am not trying to fight nobody on stage at no reunion. I be having to pray for the good sis Nina every time they get on that stage. Hollywood, they be having a mess, but at least it's like classy. Like it's the classiest version of the mess that's possible. Like minus um, Fizz is crazy. What's her name? Monique? Monice Monice is the only one in Hollywood, but there's only one of Monice. There's like five Monices in every other city. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) and, and at least I get to be with the members of B2K. Like I love them. I would have been like, (laughs) I want to just at least get to be on the show with the B2K people. Like at least in Hollywood, I'm not asking who's that and who's that. And who's that? Like that was me in all of the Miami episodes. It's definitely me in um, I mean, minus Trina and Trick Daddy, of course, but everybody else I had never seen before. Um, and Atlanta then transformed into a lot of people who I don't know anymore. And I know all them niggas in New York, but that's the, like I already lived that life. I'm like, I'm here on the new coast. I be seeing them at every event. It's like, what's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to go into Zaddy of the Week, which is one man we are crushing on at the most at the moment. It can be anyone. It can be your barista. It can be your trainer. It can be, it can be the, the celebrity man that you've been currently, you know you're going to get that pussy to whenever you meet him. <laughs> um, who is so your like Zaddy of the 
So, so it could be anybody, but who was my man of the week this week? Who's the of the week? Yes, which is Zaddy of the oh, week? Zaddy. Zaddy of the week this week. Zaddy of the week this week. Y'all know I say thirst to about somebody. I'm trying to think, what did I watch this week specifically, though? I won't even say specific to this week, but you know, I actually know what is specific to this week because this week it would be about three fourths of the One Night in Miami cast because I watched One Night in Miami yeah. this week. <laughs> And no shade to the one I'm leaving out. Y'all probably could guess who it was, but <laughs> who was it? Who was it? Let's see. Yeah, we ain't. We know. Was it Sammy Davis Jr. Boy? No, I don't think. I can't think of it. Sammy Davis Jr. I know it's not Sam. I know he plays Sam Cook, but. I call yeah, it like no. Sammy Davis. Listen, listen. Let I know Leslie. Leslie don't mind. Leslie is married. He, you know he is happy. But let me tell you something about Aldis Hodge. Okay, Aldis done come yeah. a long way since playing Lynn's brother on Girlfriends. Long, I said, "Ooh, Jesus." Okay, and then and then that young that young Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. that young Cassius Clay, Eli Because I said. I young man is but i would like to know mm-hmm. i would like to know more i would mm-hmm. like to know more and you know the kinsley he's a little skinny for my taste but he is very pretty um and he cracks me up because he, he used the same voice he used to play obama in a showtime series i had to watch to play malcolm x in this movie and it made me realize for the first time how similar Malcolm X and uh, Obama's cadences are like I was like actually I feel like it's the same acting he used when he was playing Barack and I was like wait a minute do Barack and Malcolm I'm like do Malcolm and Barack kind of no but it was like the you know you know like it's like the way they kind of orotate you know what I mean like they're both like very like speech given ass black men I don't know but he's cute that's like when they were like, Malcolm, will you please just have some ice cream? It was one of my favorite lines of that movie because it's like, Malcolm, shut up. We get it, bro. We get it. We're not doing enough for the people. We get it. <laughs> but he's fine as well. That Kinsley, that Kinsley. He's been a lot of stuff this year. And I'm like, he's real cute. He's real cute. Like one of my favorite shows this year on HBO or in 2020. Um, Love Life? Yes. I was yes. just about to say they ain't see love. I was just saying in my head I should bring up love life, but they ain't see love life. Show, ah, show. Yes, Savoy. Yes, Savoy. You better know love life. <laughs> if y'all have not seen love life, I want you on to HBO know, Max, please. If you have dated in New York City. Never. I literally have told so many people. Like me and my, I watched it twice. And I never watched it twice, except for like Sex Education. <laughs> um, Sex Education was so good. But yes. But so, yes, Love Life, I love that each chapter is a different boyfriend of hers. Like each each episode is a different chapter of her life, but each episode is based on a different boyfriend or lover 
And but also like the episodes with her her child, the episode with her mother, like the even the the episode with her her best friend, like they deal with all the types. Well, yeah, they they bring it in. Yeah, they bring them in. Usually, but there's always like a like with the the childhood episode. It was a teenage boy that took her virginity, mm-hmm. but like it was like, but it was still it was about her family, but it was about that. I just love the concept to your point, and it's it, it was it was. When HBO Max first happened, it was like one of the only series on there. Like when there was still HBO Go and HBO Max, it was like the first original series that they had helped to launch the app. And so I just happened to watch it. I remember I was still in Brooklyn. Loved it. I couldn't even get HBO Max on my TV at the time. I remember I think I was watching it on my phone. Like I was like, I love this show. Oh, I love you for knowing that one. But yes, he's in there. And I said, that young Barack? Because he plays um, Barack in... um, the movie they had, the, the series they have on Showtime about the FBI agent. I mean, the head of the FBI that got fired by Trump. I mm. the, it's like, but it's like, I love political dramas, so I'm always going to watch it. And that was the first political drama I had seen with Trump and Barack in it, like that show, like this time period. So I was into it. Um, but anyway, yes, love Kingsley. Yes. So yeah, those are, those are my zaddies. Those are my zaddies of the week. <laughs> oh, that is- um, well, Eli Goring, who plays um, who plays um, Muhammad Ali, is my daddy of the week. A man, I just he's feel so like fine. He, he's so cute. It's made out of chocolate. I just feel like if you bite him, it's gonna be <gasps> bite into one of them chocolate bunnies. Like you just gonna. Yeah. He just reminds he just reminds me of like a like a puppy, like a cute little puppy, but like like he just like you know what I mean, like like just like fun and light and playful and just like. But you can, but you just want him around all the time. But you know, obviously, a man version of that. But like, he's—I don't feel like I'm going to have like a a deep conversation with him, if you know what I mean. But and I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not trying to. Yeah, we can talk I'm, later. I'm just trying to get me. <laughs> um, Amber, who is your daddy of the week? It's specific. I can't pronounce his full name. I think it's Reggae, but it's Homeboy from Bridgerton. The Duke. Yes. Oh, as the Duke, though, for me. Your grace. Your grace. Your grace. Your grace. (laughs) When I tell you the way he was fucking, the way he would, that staircase scene. That stair, Mm. that stair. Case, baby, but also when he did it on the literal ladder in like the, the library, it, I was like, Where he said, Anytime, any place, place. Shout I out said, Come you. on, Janet. I said, What? <laughs> and wait, no, here's where I knew I was fucking with the dude because it took me about five episodes. Because who I was really looking at was the boxer because he's more of oh, the boxer type. doesn't get yeah, enough boxer, love. he don't get the enough boxer. love. The yes. boxer is fine. That's the a fine black. Fine. The boxer is a fine also. black. And I wish. I hope he gets the sex scene in season two. I we need him to get his sex. We, 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 we deserve. We deserve. We have been good all 2020. <laughs> After all that Mind we have. Back that everybody will. <laughs> okay, I, guys, but, no, but after this episode but, airs, there's a petition for him to get a sex scene. Please sign it. Thank you very much. Bye. I was I would be the first name on the dotted line. I promise you that. But when your grace to get back to your zaddy of the week, when your grace and her finally was having sex, and he said to her, Did you touch yourself like I told you to? That's when I that was, knew. That was it. That's when I knew. I said, Oh. 
this nigga don't fuck around. He I is, like that. <laughs> he is coaching the orgasm. That is... We love a we love a strategy. We love it. We, we love, love, a, it. love a long term like foreplay. I we said this love. foreplay been lasting weeks, weeks. Then ooh. you had oh child. Mm. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. Shout out to him. And also, Baby, let me say, so- I had to take off my glasses for that one. <laughs> <laughs> said, "Whoa, man." <laughs> When he said I burn for you, I have never wanted a man to say that so bad to me. Like, always, never. like when I burn for a man, <laughs> I was burn. I had to take penicillin. Like I want I'm a, to I'm a fight you. you. I'm a I'm a fight you. Like, I've been burned. A, you are so you are so you are so lucky you are on the other side of the country from me. Shut the hell. You are so lucky that you are on the other side of the country from me because what I will not do penicillin shot. I, and the second he said it, I said, Is he going where I think he's going? Please. Please don't. And he went, he 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 just into I was burned. I was burned, and I want somebody to burn for me because of Bridgerton. I really can't stand Savoy, and I just want everybody on this podcast to know that this is my last time coming (laughs) on here. I know. That's where my love my journey is. I want- <laughs> but that whole scene, I feel like, is what turned around. I feel like for a lot of us, we're like, okay, this is a cute show, but like, I'm not still seeing what the hype is. The sex and and when they hit that, the when they hit that honeymoon, I feel like that whole. I wish I could have seen every b- black woman and black gay man watch that scene when they had sex for the first time. I know all of us were at home, like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> what? like it really just came. It was like pivot. <laughs> Bitch. I, I live, I live, I live. Thank uh, you. Uh, I hope so. we could be together by season two so we could watch as groups because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, miss, you remember watching shows with your friends? I miss it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day when you got an insecure watch. Hang out with our friends. We have an insecure watch party. <laughs> we have more than one person in the house with you. Mm. And I hope I hope we can at least be together by the time the season two. I mean the last season of Insecure comes out. Jesus. We deserve. <sighs> but anyway, this has been fun, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So your bad bitch hall of fame. One woman. You feel like deserves a flower, whoever you believe she should be. I'm gonna start. Oh, okay. I'll start. You say you go ahead. And I'm going to pick Miss Preciously, um, the model, the supermodel, a queen. Love her, a queen. I believe somebody said she's a. She went to. She went to Clark Atlanta. Um, so a Clark Atlanta. Yep, an HBCU alum. And I mean, my bitch just did what she had to do for Versace. And that Versace campaign, as a as a as as a gay who grew up on Vogue and Harper's Bazaar, Versace has always been my favorite designer. So to have a plus size black girl from Georgia on the on like in an ad for Versace. That 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 for me is special. I know that they are very much like trying to be inclusive because Versace ain't never did no shit like this before. But I'm still gonna take it. 
<laughs> and that's on Mary Had a Lamb. I love him. Oh. All right, so Amber, who is your Bad Bitch Hall of Fame entry? So keep in mind, I've been reading her name, so I don't know how to pronounce it. So my apologies if I can't pronounce it. But is it Tannerell? Tannerell? Y'all know who I'm talking about? She's a singer, dark skinned. Oh my God, I love her. Like, literally. Love her. So fucking sexy, so fucking beautiful. She has a beautiful voice. She has a beautiful, like, I love her music. I just am like, I really, really love her. And she is definitely bad bitch Hall of Fame worthy. Like, that is, that's a bad bitch right there. I literally talked about her a few weeks ago and I said, I think she's making me doubt my sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta look her up. Somebody put her in. No, no, no. She has a song called Nothing Without You and a song Girl That are on both on my playlist. So, so how do you pronounce? Do you know what I'm saying? Is it? Yeah, I always thought it was Tannerell too. Okay, I don't know, but so we can both be wrong, or we yeah. can both be right. Exactly, <laughs> but that's that's bad bitch Hall of Fame right there. And she was December 2018 Playboy of the Month. Mm-hmm. Mm. A black queen, Sylvia. I feel like I gave mine up top, Dominique Fishback. Like I said, in black uh, in uh, the Fred Hampton movie, Judas and the Black Messiah, she really is that. But because I gave her her shout out up top, I will also add Meg the Stallion because I am truly, truly tired of y'all niggas stressing my good Aquarius sis out in the middle of Aquarius season over this bullshit. And honestly, anybody who even just can you imagine just going on online one day and seeing your man attack Meg Thee Stallion on online? Like, how embarrassing. Like, who is still out here? Aren't you embarrassed? Like, whose mans are these? Who do they belong to? And why do y'all still let them carry on in this manner? It's it's just ridiculous, and I'm tired of it. So, Meg, for, being the, for, for your knees continuing to be stronger than toxic masculinity, I salute you always. <laughs> My good Aquarius sis. And that's that on that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So as always, we do good bussy vibes. This is one quote or like thing I've seen on usually on Instagram or Twitter that has inspired me or just speaks to me. And I this one in particular really speaks to me. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> it reads, You aren't too much because they are unable to hold you the way you desire and deserve. It also doesn't make them wrong either. Be honest with yourself about what you desire versus what they can give and still stand firm in what you need. I'm going to read it one more time just so y'all can get it. You aren't too much because they are unable to hold you the way you desire and deserve. It also doesn't make them wrong either. Be honest with yourself about what you desire versus what they can give and still stand firm in what you need. And this is by Yasmin Cheyenne. So the reason why (laughs) the reason why and I think, Amber, you can we can both kind of speak to this is. Always being told like, oh, you're too much or uh, or oh, you just I don't think. I don't think I'm ready, like, for you or whatever the case may be. And it's, like, the idea, like, 
oh no, like I'm not too much. Like actually I just know what I want or I know what I bring to the table versus and look, it may not be. And I love the way she says it also doesn't make them wrong either. Like it doesn't make them wrong that they can't give you what you desire. Mm-hmm. And, it doesn't even, and maybe on some level, it doesn't make them wrong for saying that you're too much because you are you you are exactly that. You're too much for them. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot handle you. Right. I will just say I will just say for anybody listening, like no one is too much. Like be yourself, be your true, full, authentic selves. And someone, whether it's friends, family, romantic relationships, they will understand it and they will fuck with it. Like, but gravitate towards the people who fuck with it and don't try to gravitate towards people who try to just say that you're too much or too hard to love because you're not. No one is. Before we leave, um, what would you like to what would what would you like for it to be your closing words? So to speak. I just I feel like I just gave them. I feel like I just gave them with the Meg Thee Stallion speech. <laughs> I want those to be like I want those to be honey stronger than toxic masculinity. I want that to be what y'all need to remember about my good sister's Meg because I'm tired of y'all making my like the fuck anyway I can't even get into it more but yes those are my closing words that and be blessed everybody because oh stay the fuck home those that's what I want my last nerd to be stay the fuck home I am tired I am tired of being in this house because y'all will not sit your ass down in the house and stop stop pretending like getting COVID tested before you get on the plane means that you're gonna have a whole safe vacation because you went on the plane then you landed in the town and you've been going all over the place you had 17,000 chances to catch COVID with each of these vacations and you come back to the country and continue to spread that shit and I am tired so please for the love of God just sit down so we can go outside thank you <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'll be worked up. Got me worked up over here. <laughs> All right, Pussy High. We thank you. We love you. Um, this is our season finale. We're not going to be gone long at all um because we were gone long enough um i can't speak for amber but i know personally i needed the break um i'm just gonna be completely honest i needed a moment just to live and i'm not apologizing about that but i'm excited to be back um this episode was the perfect episode to kind of get back into the groove of the podcast but i needed a moment to be a motherfucking person um and rediscover some shit so amber I will let you um, say your closing words and then we can go ahead and leave the beautiful people. (laughs) My closing words is thank y'all for listening. Hope y'all have a good 2021. Stay safe out there. Don't, if you do go outside, just wear a fucking mask, please. Like this is real out here. Black people are dying, please. Emphasis on black people's dying because I really don't care about other people. Uh, (laughs) Black people are really dying out here. Let's, Let's really, let's do something about this. Okay, but that's it. Peace, y'all. Bye. Bye.